Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hello, everyone. This is episode 201, and we started a few minutes ago, but then I started singing and everything broke. So... (laughs) Unfortunately, I did put put those two together, but you're not wrong. Um, that I started singing a really, really good song, by the way, that I made up in my head. It was so good. It was so good. Like I can't, I couldn't even sing it again. Like you'll never even know it because, like, it it was too good. Your ears would bleed. You don't. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. It was like heavenly choir singing, and then all of a sudden, all the audio equipment just died. Uh (laughs) Again, again, your ears would bleed. Um, (laughs) so here we are in my very monotone, not singing voice. Welcome to episode. So 201. Welcome. Oh, I'm, that's I'm, why we drink. I missed you, but I feel like I saw you recently. I also miss you, and I feel like I haven't talked to you, even though you called me at 6 in the morning today. So Ugh, I, that's... <laughs> Okay, I'm glad you said something. First of all, I should have not been behind the wheel because I no. <laughs> because I was just saying I missed you because in my head I was like, didn't we talk recently? And it yes. was this morning. Okay, got it. I, well, okay, I, I answered a the nap, phone. By the way, I've been I've taken a nap. Okay, good. Then. I was gonna ask because I answered the phone. It was like 9 a.m. my time. I was taking Geo to daycare, and I was like, oh my god, it's 6 a.m. M's time. Something must be terribly wrong. And mm-hmm. so I answer, and I'm like, hello, and M goes. I know you have phone anxiety, but everything's fine. And I was like, it's not my phone anxiety. It's the fact that you're awake at six in the morning. Something must be wrong. I did. I called I called with the intention that the first thing I'd say is don't panic. Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I was also behind the wheel. So it was a bad, <laughs> bad combination. Wait, we also FaceTimed last night. Um, whatever. Aha, okay. That checks out. So yesterday, I was like, I'm going to do this cool digital escape room M created. Uh, I mean, Lemon created. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, as vengeance for the lemon napping from, from yesteryear. Literally, and like, almost exactly a year ago. That's I right. I gave you your first freaking... escape room. <laughs> oh, um, oh, my God. And that video is going to take me another year to edit. And so... If you haven't seen it, it's on the Patreon of the lemon napping uh, incident. Uh, escape room in M's apartment and so M was like I'm gonna do a 200th episode uh extravaganza and make a digital escape room and boy oh boy uh was it tough and people on the internet were freaking out at you M. I was like asking for clues I mean it was tough I uh I appreciate that although a lot of people have struggled through it 
they're very committed to getting it through it. Um, yes. There, I don't think I've heard of anyone who's just given up entirely. Everyone's like, I'm going to come back at this with a fresh mind the next day. And I'm like, wow, that's dedication. <laughs> um, I really, I, and granted, again, I'm the person who made it. So like, I really don't get a place, but I feel like I tried a lot harder on the lemon r- escape room. I think I don't do enough escape rooms to get like, I didn't really understand that you can reuse numbers and clues. Like, I think I just uh, didn't totally understand how it worked. I think the third one, maybe I'll be like, okay, yeah. I fucking got this. Listen, uh, I'm getting way too good at create. Obviously, I'm yeah. getting way too good at creating <laughs> escape rooms. So I, I think it's going to be a little side hustle of mine. Uh, I also, I was shocked that I was able to do that. I did it in a day, which like, if I can do that one in a day, like, think of what I could accomplish in the time like Allison's gone oh my god too powerful see you at the end of this month when I run my own escape room business so I'm out of our haunted apartment (laughs) what else I I am I'm glad you liked it um I was nervous that it wasn't going to be hard enough but apparently I need to calm the fuck down so no you need to calm the fuck down it was very difficult we had to I had to print things I had to like (laughs) google things I had to search like and that's part of the game like you have to go into our podcast and find like clues i mean it is nutso and uh i was just like so wildly impressed and there was a point okay to be fair the one of the reasons i got stuck was because i as em says knew lemon too well and sure had some did. insider info that other listeners didn't have so i got the number wrong yeah. anyway um but uh <laughs> so just saying it, you, but, you um, were too good at your job was the problem i was too good at knowing lemon who apparently had lemon napped me uh-huh um but so M posted the link so you can actually go do it. I also made a bitly to post it on Twitter. So it's bit.ly slash lemons revenge. Mm-hmm. I think it's called. Yeah. So you can go there. It's really fun. And let us know if you beat it because um, it took me a long time. I filmed it and it was an hour and 40 minutes of filming to I get d- me through this thing. I knew it was an hour and 40 minutes because Allison asked me how long it took you. And I went through our text and I was like, oh, she started at 2.30 <laughs> and she ended at 4.15. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ab- about 35 minutes was me screaming about how lemon, like I couldn't figure out that one date correctly, but I, I am helped me. I'm impressed with how far you got because last night, a lot of people were DMing me being like, I can't figure it out. And they were on like the earliest clue. And I was like, Ooh, I don't want to be the one to tell you, but like, if you can't figure yeah, that you're, out, you're probably not going to fi- make it you're on your own at this point and it's all through my google drive so like i can see oh all the responses like and so i can see how many people actually successfully got through the yeah. escape room and right now it's only like 30 people so like <laughs> and like hundreds have tried this thing so i feel very and it's um, very difficult it's i feel like such difficult. an asshole but whatever someone no you don't i you love the power I do like that I have caused a stir, but <laughs> I, I would like to unstir it sometimes. I think a lot of us are afraid of your, impressed and afraid of your mind and mm-hmm. how its operations. Um, but anyway, yeah, so go try it. Oh, here's, okay, if you're on our thing, like, this is just like a glimpse into, like, the chaotic uh, things that were happening in my You know what's so funny? Everyone household. has been sending me their notes. Like, I have so many DMs <laughs> oh right God. now of random people's notes, and one person blew my mind like made it wildly more difficult than i did because they were like am i on the right track and sent me these words that were not even like they were like egyptian and i was like what is happening here (laughs) 
<laughs> like hieroglyphics. It's very interesting to see how the human mind works. Uh, it, it's just all a downward spiral, but different downward spirals. So anyway, we've talked a lot about that. But yes, please, I, I made it for the 200th episode. I'm very happy that you liked it. And I'm glad other people are at least doing something during quarantine with their mind. Yeah, the only thing that we realized that was like pretty wild. I mean, there's a lot of things we realized that was pretty wild. But one of the things that like stuck with me is that in both so and was like remember that first lemon napping video which i need to rewatch i haven't watched it in like a year it's so where funny. i guess there's a certain point where i'm screaming fish but i don't know pr- particularly <laughs> why but apparently there was a point where i just kept screaming fish and that was part i just got so worked up and em tells me this on facetime last night after i did the escape room and i went em you know what during this thing by myself in my podcast studio while i was recording it there was a point where i was screaming fish is it a fish <laughs> and i don't know like what my brain like turns into it, it tapped you know, into your previous PTSD from the I last guess. escape room. It must just be some weird avenue that like gets unlocked when I'm doing a puzzle, a brain puzzle. But for whatever reason, I just start shouting fish repeatedly. You know, um, Mark Zuckerberg would, um, it, it really has fucked me up, I think, because I have that same problem. But like when my, when my brain blanks, like when I'm like, what was I just thinking about? My first thought is always Facebook. And I'm, I have no idea. What? I have no clue why. I, Ew, if that's I'm just so creepy. sitting in front of a TV and I'm like, what show do I want to watch? The first thing in my head is Facebook. And like when what? I really? get in front of a computer, I think like maybe like there is a chip in me. I'm not sure at this point, but like every time. There's a, some sort of a chip in you. Yeah, that's every, for sure. Every time I have to like reboot my, my like it'll go into manual mode of my thinking. The first you know, thought is, is always so Facebook. so sad because in 20 years, people will be like, what's Facebook? And you'll be like, uh, you know, a model 2005. <laughs> where like people just can't access like you know, the iPhone that Corolla doesn't update. everyone has right now yeah <laughs> oh my god anyway sorry but that I just wanted to bring that out because wow that was a fun ride Thank and also you. like really infuriating but also fun once it was solved now that I know it's it's a little too much the next one I make I'll I'll try to loosen it up a little bit so sorry about that uh, <laughs> but I probably will be making more of these in the future I think this one just because it was for the 200th I um it was you know, I wanted everyone to have the experience, but I think in the future it would be a really nice uh, addition to Patreon. So, fr- oh yeah, I think from now on I will be making escape rooms, and you know that might just be like something the Patreon folks get. So, um, oh, and I'm f- uh, editing the video of me, and then I Facetimed M during it. So I'm gonna make that into a Patreon video if you so choose to watch my pain. I I absolutely will do it on repeat. So. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Um, my story today is something I have wanted to cover a for a while. I knew of it since like the... Um, Maybe it was the Harry Price or Houdini episodes. Um, and I, I've known about it, but I didn't, I never really looked into it. And now that I've done the research, I was like, whoa, there were a little, there were some twisty turnies here I didn't see coming. Um, and it's very fun. So please let me introduce to you the Fox sisters, um, mm. who are also known, uh, according to Google, as the Rochester Knockers. Uh, they're also known as the Spirit Knockers of Rochester, and they're also known as the Rochester Wrappings. Or that's what the Ooh. case is called. So, alliteration. Um, a little, little, a little alliteration. Um, they're also known as the people who accidentally founded American spiritualism. Oh, so <laughs> that sounds like some bullshit we would do. Oops, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want you to remember that you said that I didn't fucking, okay. <laughs> I didn't put this in your mind. But I'm also gonna say uh, near the end of this, eh, in like the late end of this, in the early end of this, there's a uh, a lot of similarities between. Them. Okay, okay, some weird things happen. So, um, but yeah, so I guess spiritualism. Usually, the founders are people like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and all that. But when it comes to um, the two waves of spiritualism in America, they, the first one came from the Fox sisters, and they, they did not mean to do this. So, uh-huh. fun fact, I didn't know this was an accident. Um, no. <laughs> so this happens, it starts in Hydesville, New York, and we're in a- the 1840s, you know it well. So, um, mm-hmm. 1848, the Fox family, they have six kids, uh, I think the husband's name is John, and I'm pretty sure the mom's name was Margaret. Um, the six kids were Maggie and Kate, who are our main characters. And there was also Leah, who we should remember for later. And then David, Elizabeth, and Maria. Elizabeth and okay. Maria, we like never hear for, about again. So you don't so have forget to forget them. You don't have to worry about them. Got it. Um, so the, the last four there, Leah, David, Elizabeth, and Maria were much older. And by the time this story was happening, um, they'd already all moved out. So it was just Maggie and Kate in the house. Got it. Maggie was 14 and Kate was 11. So this happens. It, the whole thing starts on March 4th. Pi Day. So we're off to a good start. <laughs> That's March 14th. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> Damn. Well, I ain't got nothing. I. Hmm. And that's our favorite holiday. And you forgot. <laughs> How dare wow. I? I actually am very embarrassed. I did know it was. <laughs> no one's gonna believe me whatever okay so uh on not pie day which happens 364 times a year uh it's the first day of advent of pie day it's okay uh-huh yeah it's you a got season it. of pie day i in my head i heard this like the rent song season of love but see oh no 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 no, no. i you know what happens when we sing pie. the like <laughs> technology breaks down um, and then uh like 525,000 different flavors okay we another time another time okay another time okay so the foxes were living uh currently in a smaller cottage and they were waiting for their house to be built um and while they were uh kind of in transition between these homes i'm pretty sure this ended up happening in both homes but it started in the cottage 
they start hearing these knockings, or as they were referred to back then as rappings. But I wanted to make sure I said knockings first, so people didn't think these little t- tree songs preteen girls are like trying to sing like bottoms up, you know. <laughs> that's what I think is happening. <laughs> I don't care what you say. That's exactly what's going on here. I mean, in today's world, they're all singing WAP. And so like, you know, maybe they... I like that, uh, just like Facebook, your first thought is bottoms up. Well, you were like, I these are my songs. I thought Trey reference songs. points. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I saw somebody post online that Trey songs cr- had a super shredder event. He certainly did. Uh, like the real Trey songs. Yeah, actually, okay, not my upstairs noisy neighbors, but... They're upstairs, they're, they're upstairs, noisy they're neighbor, na- Trey Songz. Neighbor, right. Uh, yeah, he apparently threw a party of like 500 people after he had already been positive for COVID a couple months ago. Oh, great. Um, so, wow, Cal Supriz, he's pretty uh, inconsiderate. Um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's just all this rapping around you here in your apartment. <laughs> it's just yeah. rapping and knocking and getting COVID. Um, so, uh, so they were hearing all these rappings. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hear all the time from Trey songs also. So it also sounds like Jeff the Mongoose starting here. Bingo! And I think Jeff the Mongoose was was it right around the same time? Oh, I don't. I certainly don't know. Give or take fifty years, I'm sure I'm correct. Um, just like a deck, like a like century in half one direction. A century. I'm, I could be right. <laughs> I'm probably still fucking not, which is the most embarrassing part. Um, so their father. It was like, okay, what is going on? Where are all these knockings coming from? So uh, he's looking around. He doesn't know what it, where they're coming from. And they just kind of ignore it because they're like, well, I don't know what that is. But, you know, here we are. It's just, just knocking. And it started getting really wild and really loud. And it started actually responding to them. They noticed that. Oh, boy. Like, they noticed that they were able to say, like, well, why don't you knock? If you're going to knock that many times, knock this many times. And then it would actually mm-hmm. do it. So I guess the parents were super Christians, and they were like, oh, the devil is, is has arrived. Um, I mean, that's also us, too. Like, oh, we hear a strange noise. It's definitely Satan himself. The devil has arrived is what I tell Eva when you land in L.A. Um, <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, you big butthead. <laughs> um, and so uh, they thought, okay, so Christine's here. and <laughs> But their 11-year-old Kate apparently like thought it was also the devil and decided to try to communicate immediately with, with of the course son. was again, this kind of sounds a little bit like little you of like, yes. Oh, you said that's a demon. Well, in that case, we ought to really get to know each other. Thank God. I keep a Ouija board under my bed, mom. That since you threw away the last one. Yep. I feel like you've like got me. like one, of, like you've got like one of those like old flasher jackets where like they like people would like sell <laughs> you coat. yeah trench where they would like sell you watches on the street but you only have different like ouija planchettes you know and they're all mine i just want to show them off i'm like <laughs> so you i can't buy them <laughs> you you tuck it away fast like no 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 these aren't for sale <laughs> these are for sale i just want I'm you to just wah, i'm just bragging <laughs> it is flashing technically you're just like flashing your planchettes and then hiding them again um so and we know that kate thought this was the devil because she was calling this source or the spirit or this whatever was calling it mr splitfoot which apparently back then was a term oh. for the devil because like yeah like cloven, cloven hooves, hooves. Ooh. so kate was saying mr splitfoot do as i do and then <sighs> would like knock three times and then there would be three knocks so <sighs> and things like that start happening pretty often um this is where i i had a little tangent but i'm proud of it um 
they started testing out different patterns and speeds. And so they were um, just seeing how far they could go with it. And it was almost like a Simon Says, according to a few sources. And then that made me want to deep dive Simon Says. So um, (laughs) here's what we have on Simon Says. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. According to worldhistories.net, the earliest reference to Simon Says is in 1842, which is literally six years before the story happened. So that's interesting. It it really could just be a totally totally a coincidence. Um, But so it was in a column in a Boston magazine, and the article was called All Sorts of Paragraphs, which I really... I really Stop a- it. appreciate the like the acceptance of like even I don't know what I'm gonna fucking write. This is like M's term paper here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my title. All, all sorts of paragraphs. All sorts of. Pa- oh, who's to say what's in it? But you know what you you know what to expect at this point. So, uh, so in the in the the article called all sorts of paragraphs, uh, this what they were talking about. I guess someone named Simon, and this was the description for Simon. Simon is a great talker. Sometimes he says up, sometimes he says down, and sometimes he says wiggle waggle. It's always cheapest to do as Simon says. <laughs> what the fuck? This is all sorts of paragraphs. <laughs> it's just all sorts of words. All, all sorts like, of nonsense. <laughs> all sorts of sanity. Like uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently that's the earliest reference, and I guess that's where it might have stemmed from. But then um, it definitely at least happened around that time because only a few years later there was an article of actually i guess simon says the game itself hasn't officially been mentioned yet but this article must have gotten some like viral attention because of a few articles or a few years later there was another uh newspaper that was talking about a person named simon and they had to like specifically indicate in their newspaper uh they said simon not of wiggle waggle fame <laughs> oh, so oh, like apparently my mistake. So like apparently this wigglin' waggling Simon has like gained quite a, a fan base and some notoriety. And this newspaper, by the way, was in Oregon, so literally on the other side of the country. What? It had is to be going like, on. It's not the same guy. Like, was there only two Simons I'm at crying. the time? This is so wild. It's like which just which one is it? The wiggle waggle uh, or the, the or like the one in the Bible or the There's one in Oregon. <laughs> oh my god anyway that was my little uh not so my shallow dive if you will on simon says wiggle waggle my wiggling waggling (laughs) fingers on the keyboard found all that about simon says oh my god so uh yeah so we're back to kate is like doing all these tests to see how much she can get out of this knocking spirit Mm -hmm. and maggie um saw that it was responding intelligently to kate so maggie asked uh the spirit to wrap or knock out the ages of each of uh the kids and the spirit actually did it successfully including a seventh child that passed away when he was three oh no so that's odd um so they decided that they were going to do kind of what any paranormal investigator would do now where like you kind of set um boundaries for yourself when like there's like uh, equipment and you're trying to use it to communicate like you know this means yes this means no Mm. so they said one knock for no and two knocks for yes and the first questions that they asked were are you a spirit were you killed in this house and is the person who killed you still living and all of those responses got yes or all those questions got yes to them um so through this the family 
I guess over time, figured out that this was a 31-year-old man who had died in the house. Um, which I can't imagine if you're like, how old are you? And you had to count 31 <laughs> knocks. Like, okay, that's a good point. What, Can you, you imagine have, if they're like, wait, was that 32 or 31? And he's like, not again. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm one knock. I'm like, I'm over it. I can't. Just, I'm a do baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so uh, apparently this is happening for the entire month. Um, Super. And now we're at the, the last day of March. We're at uh, March 31st. And the... Mom was apparently so freaked out at this point because the knocking just wasn't ending. It was clearly intelligent at this point. The mom had one of the older kids come over, uh, her son, David, and he was like being kind of like, I guess, snobby about it. Or he was like, I guess he didn't believe it. And so he was acting kind of condescending. And he basically told her like, well, whatever you do, don't tell the neighbors because like, um, like when you find out what it actually is and it's something really simple you're gonna feel really stupid and then he just i see you're gonna embarrass yourself well apparently maggie overheard that and was like okay fuck you and immediately went and told all the neighbors (laughs) and then oh okay (laughs) and then invited all all of them over for their own opinion um and so all these skeptical neighbors came over they all huddled into the family bedroom and uh the sisters were there and the mom was also there so uh i think it was the mom who said Count to five. This That was like the first real command during this little session. And the room banged out five five knocks. Um, and they were okay. really, really heavy thuds that freaked them out for a second. But I'm sure they were like, okay, someone's, you know, being kind of foolish or, you know, this could be yeah. anything. And I guess with enough demands like that and realizing everyone was in the house and no one else could have been doing it, the neighbors started, started to believe it themselves. So oh. um, they ended up... I guess one of the neighbors also chimed in and said, like, well, what's my age? And it got the answer right. Mm. Um, one of the questions was, if you're an injured spirit, manifest it by three raps. And then there were three knocks. Mm. According to uh, the Paris Review, one neighbor named William Dusler, uh, which I can imagine quickly turned into Dusler in high school. Um, <laughs> yes. he, uh, he tried talking to the spirit and he basically... His technique, which, like, makes sense, but, like, sounds wildly inconvenient, was, like, A equals 1, B equals 2, all the way to Z equals 26. So, like, if this guy wanted to, like, catch some Zs, that'd be, like, 80 (laughs) knocks in a row. And you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to successfully count all of those, I promise you. How irritating. Yes. Not the most efficient, I would imagine. Can you imagine, like, what's your favorite animal? And he wanted to say zebra, and it's, like, 100 <laughs> knocks. It's like, okay, I don't know anymore. Uh, I don't care anymore, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what's this? It's an aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so this William Dusler guy said, let's do it that way, and we can ask you more questions that way. I have to imagine this session then lasted about 10 hours of everyone counting <laughs> yeah. knocks together. Um, and through this, they learned that the spirit was named Charles B. Rosna. Okay. And uh, he was a peddler that apparently was robbed of $500 and then killed in the, in the bedroom they were standing in. <gasps> and he had been killed five years ago by the then resident John Bell. <gasps> Uh-oh. So, like, that's a... Sounds like he's really trying to... It sounds like one of those situations... Where remember we both covered it at different times. I think we both mentioned it. Where like there was that ghost who like yes success, Ouija board like successfully 
helped confirm a murder or like there's like it was the only paranormal testimony that was taken yes, seriously. They, like, admitted it in court. Like they admitted it as testimony in court, a Ouija board session. Yeah. Where it, like called out the murderer. Yeah. 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 If I mysteriously die, I swear to God, if there is not a legal testimony documenting uh, my court case via Ouija board, I will be so pissed. Um, <laughs> you're going to be knocking and I'm just going to be like, God, that's annoying. I don't know what that is. And you're going to be like, it's me. Be like, Can you chill? Can you like go towards the light or something? Because I have a migraine. <laughs> is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And and that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash drink. Visit IXL.com slash drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, so, uh... Through that same technique, they also found out that Charles was murdered, fun fact, on a Tuesday at midnight. Um, oh and that he was buried in the basement. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Um, so John, John Fox, and the neighbors went down to inspect the cellar for remains, and they ended up finding strands of hair, bones, <gasps> and some even say they've also found teeth. But apparently what? they were unidentifiable. Uh, yeah, it's 1848. I can't imagine you, like had the forensics abilities of today. (laughs) Um, But so apparently they like found body remains down there. No. Um, So that was the real, uh, the kicker for the neighbors Mm. to believe it. And they started spreading this information like crazy. 
Um, and it kind of just got, I don't know, I guess the news went a little wildfire. And uh, the spirit started getting chattier because more people wanted to stop by and see the spirit. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, basically the spirit is now telling the family that not only could it hear them and respond to them, but it has been able to see them the whole time. And they're now testing this by holding fingers up. How many fingers am I holding uh-huh. up? Um, so as the story became more widespread, the spirit also seems to very quickly become more closed off to um, responding to other people. It was now um, the phrasing that they used was something along the lines of like it's it was attaching to the, the girls. Um, <sighs> but I think what was happening if this was fake is that they just were getting really nervous that they were going to get caught in something. And yeah, so like in too deep a little bit. And yeah. And so now the spirit is telling everyone like, Oh, I only work through the pre uh-huh. the preteens. <laughs> yeah. You know how it is. <laughs> and so if anyone wants to ask questions, if they came to visit and wanted to ask a question, they could, but it had to be through Maggie or Kate. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, the spirit would suspiciously only be responsive with the sisters and within a few weeks, the Fox House was swarmed with people visiting for a chance to witness the spirit themselves, um, which I wonder why they kept calling it a spirit if they knew his name was Charles. Um, yeah. So I think what was happening was now the the story has also developed into, oh, they can talk to many spirits who will all communicate this I way. See. Um, I see. So visitors uh, were really like, swarming the town like it was getting really bad and the fox family had to move in the middle of the night um oh because so many people were like trying to like break down their house to like get in and like what like talk to like have these children tell them if their like ancestors were around um which i can't imagine like imagine how terrifying that would be as like an 11 year old and people are like tell me about my dead you know so and so (laughs) Um, so they ended up having to move. They moved to their brother, son slash brother David's, um, Spearmint Farm, which is precious. Oh, goodness. When I think Spearmint Farm, I think, like, instead of, like, um, like, fields of corn, I think of, like, fields of, like, green trident gum. Like. Yes, yes. I don't know how to think of it in any other way. It's definitely not, like, actual spearmint. Um, it's just. Did you know I have spearmint in my new garden? No. And is it does I it t- look like trident? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. No. Uh I tasted it. It tastes like like I tasted it. I was like, oh, this is spearmint, which is like such a random thought. Weird. But it's not even just mint, it's like spearmint, which is really specific. But yeah, you should grow, it tastes just like it. You should grow peppermint next to it and then tell me if you can taste Aww. the difference. Well, I have regular mint. I don't know how much of that is pepper. I don't know what the difference is between i know peppermint is blue trident um (laughs) oh i see well what flavor is the zebra stripes because that's the one that i love fruity stripes yeah how do i i would like to how do you how do you hmm um Hmm. i think you just like squeeze a lot of juices into gum i don't really i'm not sure how gum is made um (laughs) well clearly you you also have to like have a little blue zebra tattoo on it so it sounds like you add zebra to the fruit smoothie and gum. those were so fun and gross they were very delicious and to this day if i see fruity stripes i will buy it but wow the yeah. flavor goes out in three two one like it's yeah you're it's like you're eating one bite of something 
And then you have just like uh, silly putty in your mouth or something. Exactly. It's uh, you basically eat the entire package because like you're just trying to feel something. Um, <laughs> if you're a youth out there, it was this gum with zebra on it and it was super strong fl- tasting. But then it would like, yeah, evaporate in a second. But the wrappers had these like pictures and you would like. It was like, t- okay, like fruit roll ups, like fruit roll ups with like the blue tattoos that you could put on your tongue. And you would like put it on your tongue. And it would like have ink and it, oh my God, it's it so was, gross, it was the so fun. It, the, it was the first of its kind in the 90s. I think it was the first ever like you can. I think it was the first and only of any kind ever. <laughs> you can take out the gum, but first on the wrapper, you can put your, put your tongue on it and have a zebra tattoo. And also like, I'm sure that was not FDA approved. I'm, no, certainly not. <laughs> I but think wait, it so was pen ink. I was actually like scared to say it because i was like what if that was just me and i'm like you did what with your you put no it, in your it mouth? was a tattoo but wait did you just put it on your tongue because i would put it on my arm oh i always only put it on my tongue it didn't even cross oh, I would, my mind i could put it somewhere else i just thought well, like, it never worked so maybe i was just smearing it all over my arm <laughs> you really could have gotten the exact same effect with like a one of those like extra wide like blue crayola markers you could oh, i'm sure i did too <laughs> just smear it all over your body um I honestly don't know if it was even supposed to be a tattoo or if it was just really cheap ink and I thought it, it could served have been. a purpose. Well, I'm glad it wasn't just me. I felt like really embarrassed for a minute there. No, Fruity Stripes was... Fr- I had three gums that I chewed when I was a child. It was the entire pack of Fruity Stripes. It yeah, was yeah. Strawberry Bubblicious, which to this uh-huh. day makes my mouth literally salivate. Like, I need so to, good. to swallow. And, um... Uh, oh, and then the Sour Apple Bubble Tape. I love that shit. Yeah, and it, during Halloween it glowed in the dark. Anyway, uh, <sighs> we could talk about gum for a while. Apparently, I did. Apparently, and not, we did, and we do. I didn't know that was possible, but learning new things every day. So they moved to their to their brother's spearmint farm. That's how this happened. No, oh, oops. Like the Willy Wonka of gum. Okay, so <laughs> uh, David actually, while they were all there, researched this John Bell guy who allegedly killed the spirit they're talking to. And he did check out. There was a guy named John Bell that used to live in their house five years before they moved in. Um, So that didn't seem good. Um, And visitors also uh, at this point have heard the rumors that they moved to the Spearman farm. So now they're also like taking over the Spearman farm. No. Um, And David uh, basically started talking to neighbors uh, I don't really know what their plan was if all of them were just going to uproot or something. But before they left, he wanted to get down to the bottom of this John Bell stuff. And he was trying to talk to neighbors who did say that they remember seeing a peddler coming into town who they did not recognize. I guess at the time they knew all the peddlers in town. (laughs) Um, But there was one person they couldn't recognize who did stay at the Bell house the one night they were there that they were in town. And they remember hearing a fight at john bell's house oh. and then the next day never seeing the peddler again but john bell was wearing his clothes what okay so it sounds fishy yes it does um only 12 days after by the way like everything i've been saying happened within like a 12 day span of like the neighbors heard about it and now oh the entire town is covered with tourists trying to learn about this um so in that 12 day time period that was also when people were starting to do make like tourist pamphlets about the two sisters about Matt about oh, Maggie Jesus. and Kate Fox. And uh, so this pamphlet was starting to get spread um, to different areas. And one of the wider regions it got to um, happened to be where their sister lived, Leah. 
And so at the time there wasn't uh, telephones. So like she had no idea this was going on with her family. She found out through a fucking pamphlet. She was like, my sisters can what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and so uh, I guess she had a daughter named Lizzie. And uh, I don't know if this is important later, but apparently th- her husband left her and, and left her with no money, but left her Aww. with Lizzie. Um, so just to remember that for like the end of this. But uh, it was apparently... I guess she saw this pamphlet immediately went home and brought Lizzie with her um, just to make sure that everyone was okay. And when Leah got home, she saw that they were being swarmed. Like she saw that like this was kind of, I guess the version of like a, a fandom in the 1840s. And so (laughs) um, my, this is the first little plot twist, which I did. I never knew about. She, Saw this for herself because she was like, I did not know they could do this. I didn't know that this started up in the house. She found out that, like, apparently these knockings were legitimate and, like, she couldn't figure it out. And people were going goo gaga for it. And she, a la Kris Jenner, became their momager, or I guess their <gasps> sisager. Um, oh, my God. She saw she saw dollar signs. and yes, she did. When I'm going to rock the rock the nation with this she's a single mama and she is resourceful exactly exactly she was like i know exactly what i'm gonna do aside even if i know nothing about it at all yet i love it um so she wanted to bring the girls back with her i think she lived in rochester i think her like her home was in rochester and she uh wanted to bring the girls but kate was too young and had to go to school still I, apparently at 14 you didn't have to do that anymore so maggie was allowed to go um and so i don't know if you did you watch the hamilton movie yes okay so you know how there's like that one song where they're like angelica eliza and then there's like yes. that random third that. sister who goes and peggy yes <laughs> okay so i very much feel like kate has become the peggy here because Poor kate. it was like the maggie and kate show and then leah was like my turn and also kate you have to go to school and you're not involved anymore and leah like pushed oh, her man. out so it's the Fox sisters. It's three of them. But Kate is like no longer part of the story for she's a little in, bit. She's in arithmetic class. She's too busy with her social studies. Um, so even though Maggie and Kate are separated, Kate goes back with Leah and Leah's daughter. And the knockings are still happening. All the spooky stuff is still happening, even though the sisters are separated. Um, but then again, Leah realizes very quickly that she got herself into some hot water because not only are there knockings, but strange things are starting to happen, which like you signed up for, like there were, (laughs) you, you thought your sister was haunted and you wanted to bring her back with you. And now you're complaining that the place is haunted. Like what is going Mm. on? So, um, I guess, uh, Leah's daughter started waking up to icy hands on her and she saw a Bible get thrown across the room. And Leah also said that she was getting touched um, they also started hearing the sounds of construction, but what I find interesting is they would specifically define it as the sound of someone building a coffin, which, like, that's a very specific thing to know. How like, would you know It's just that? cutting wood and nailing. Like, wait, how do you know it's a coffin? But they oh, no. described it as, like, oh, it's we hear the sounds of a coffin being made all the time, and it's like, maybe I don't know how to build a coffin. Maybe there's a specific 
piece of equipment that only gets used for coffins. But apparently uh, they just knew that that was what was going on. Maybe back then there were more things being built and you just had like an ear for it. <laughs> but that seems very specific. It's like when you're blindfolded, but you know like exactly which left and right directions to take you to like your favorite restaurant. I mean, I don't since I have no concept of direction. But yeah, I can imagine that's what it would be like. I wish one time in high school, me and my friends, we all tried to surprise our friend, take them to Red Robin. And by the time we got in the parking lot, they were like, oh, we're at Red Robin. Like while they were like hardcore blindfolded. like Oh, I see. You were like, yeah. well, half their face. I was like, how did you know how we got here? So people just, I guess you're right, have like a weird knack for certain things. And like to be able to know, oh, you cut for this long and then nail it this many times. Obviously, that's a coffin that's being made. Oh, my God. So I'm guessing that's what it was or they're just being dramatic, which could also very much be it. Also, it could be both. Yeah. Um. So uh, apparently Lizzie, the daughter of Leah, just hated this entire arrangement was like why did we even have to invite this fucking person into our house like why is there knocking all the time now why do i have to feel like icy hands see bibles getting thrown like like i don't i didn't sign up for this yeah and the neighbors are also complaining about the knocking so maggie uh, is just like causing all sorts of problems and leah decides okay well we're just going to move to a bigger house because now they can afford it because she's starting to exploit her sister's ah, talents beautiful so they move to a bigger house in rochester and uh there are two people who uh, amongst everybody else who wants to meet maggie um they really want to meet maggie her name their names are isaac and amy uh they're a married couple they're former quakers in the area and they invite maggie to their house for a personal session And Isaac said he was originally as skeptical as doubting Thomas um, (laughs) until very distinct thumps started from under their floor. And there's no way that Maggie could have done them. Um, Uh The I guess here's a twist. So Isaac and Amy also started believing that not only was Maggie um, gifted, but they also were convinced that Leah was gifted Uh because Leah was now all of a sudden showing mediumistic powers kate who (laughs) and peggy um (laughs) because now she was also starting to be able to communicate with isaac and amy's deceased daughter which like oh this always gets real talk about pulling on the heartstrings talk about shady behavior so now this is something harry houdini would be exactly against Yes. So now Leah and Maggie both have the ability to communicate with spirits and they would have impromptu seances. They would not accept money, but they would accept extravagant gifts. <laughs> oh my um, God, really? Which is what I say on my birthday when people are like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. But like, if it, if it happens to be luxurious, I'll take it. A pony. Yeah. <laughs> a pony for it's my fine. pony. Okay. Really? Because I'm like, you can give me cash if you want Actually, instead of a pony. <laughs> you know what I thought would be the perfect gift, which like, there's no way you can kindly ask for this it's like if i could really have gotten anything for christmas i would have wanted people to just reimburse me for all the shit i bought them like i would just oh that's nice buy it yourself yeah like i buy your own gift like my okay so one of my stepbrothers he always gives me always 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 gives me a 25 dollars amazon gift card i know it's coming i'm gonna thank him and i'm gonna act shocked but so (laughs) i always know for christmas to get him something that's exactly 25 dollars. so i end up making i end up spending zero dollars but i wish i could text him be like look we both know what's about to happen like let's just not even try 
you know? Oh, I see. Just buy something off Amazon, put my name on it. Yeah. It's like, you're welcome. You're going to give me $25 of stuff. I'm going to give you $25 of stuff. Let's just not even do that. I like that we're saying this, even though you and I, like, all we care about is, like, giving each other (laughs) gifts because it's just fun. So I, so there's a difference between the gifts I give you and the gifts I give, like, family that I don't talk to. Yeah, I get it. That's true. Like, when I have to sit down and, like, really, like, think about what I should get you because I don't know you well enough. I'm like, why am I wasting the time when I could just give you cash to do it yourself? When the other person's doing the same thing to you yeah. and you're like, eh, yeah, I get with it. With you, it's fun. Like with Allison, it's fun because it's like I'm doing something that's really sentimental and there's emotional value and like time and effort that went into it and there's like a creativity aspect. But when it's like I'm trying to find something on Amazon that you won't totally hate so I can get a thank you text. like socially you have to uh-huh. yeah then it's like uh, and that's like listen let's talk about consumerism okay let's okay. not but oh my yeah that's a podcast for another day and another person that's not me but you <laughs> let me just say this is a, a bad look for for the planet anyway my that's, that's I, my take i was thinking the whole time because i spent like x amount of dollars which i will not say the number but let's just say um six thousand <sighs> not six thousand, but not six either. Um, okay. You know, I I was complaining to Allison about this. I had a mini meltdown because I was like, if my parents just decided to like not have fucking scandals in their relationship and they were just uh-huh, yeah. happily married, me as an only child would have two Christmas responsibilities: mom, dad. I don't even have fucking siblings. Like I'm no, yeah, I'm in the clear. I have to buy two people things. Awesome. I know. But because they decided to be fucking messy, I have mm-hmm. to literally buy things for. 30 family members yeah exactly and i don't want to do that <laughs> so if i can and then just... i'm like and then i'm like oh so like my dad's seeing somebody and i'm like so i i, I need to like i would like to get her uh-huh. a gift but i'm like how nice of a like is she gonna get me a gift right like this is so weird i don't know am i even gonna see her well now it's, i've anyway. got my my mom i've got my stepdad i've got four step siblings i've got my dad i've got my stepmom i've got my two step siblings i've got one of those step siblings has a boyfriend with two kids and then like oh, for, for God's and then sake. now i'm dating someone who's a, a family also in her own family of six and i i want to get them things so like it's just it adds up so quick and i'm like why did this i don't want to spend any money can my present be that i don't have to get you a present can that just be it anyway i'm off my soapbox now um, anyway, we're never off our soapbox, but we'll sit on the soapbox for now. Anyway, it sounded it again. sounded a little bit like a, like a bummer and like me screaming at you about my own selfish needs. But guess what? I'm a Gemini and this is my podcast. So anyway, <laughs> um, and we're also in a tornado. So leave us alone. And like a bunch of cows keep running into me. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm not alone in that. I think other people will, you know. Agree oh no, uh, I think we're all, we all get it, especially this year. So especially this year, because now extra shipping costs. Me, oh my. Okay. Well, and extra negative dollars. Yeah. Mm. So they're now Leah and Maggie are like the dynamic duo. And uh, because Lizzie isn't having any of this, and she like already has made it very clear she doesn't want any of the spooky stuff happening around her, she's sitting in on their, their seances that they're doing for people and, you know, getting gifts from. And, uh, and Lizzie's like heckling them during their own seances. Like, <laughs> her own mom and aunt and is like this isn't real and then guess what leah does sends her away sends, no sends her own kid away and now it's just leah and maggie the fox sisters r- raking in the cash this is getting dark um so leah started claiming that the spirits also were helping her creatively where they were giving her ideas for music because she was an avid piano player um and so the spirits would apparently use the same spelling technique of like a equals one b equals two but they would do it for like piano notes 
It would be like heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the same key. You would hear like do 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 tequila. Um, <laughs> and so they were basically spelling out different keys that that apparently she should do on the piano. And they, that was how she was writing her music, which is very. Okay. Now she's like Chris Jenner, but now she's also a little Sarah Winchester because that's how she was getting yes, design true. ideas. Yeah. So I would argue that if I had to describe at least one of the Fox sisters, one of them is obviously Peggy Schuyler. The other is mm. Chris Jenner meets Sarah Winchester, but make it musical. Wow. What a story, though. What an aesthetic. Um, aesthetic. So skeptics started weighing in on the seances. And first of all, they were like, why do the lights have to be so dim? Like it was kind mm. of sh- sketchy. Um, and Leah, by the way, said that the lights had to be dark because the spirits, uh, they like the dark and the light would uh, drain their energy. Um, okay, sure. Soon the spirits announced that they would no longer interact with Maggie and Leah without a real audience. So now they're like... Oh my god! So now these spirits have a writer, apparently. Um, yes. And so they have all these high demands. One of them specifically is that they need a public, public exhibition. Oh my god. And uh, the town heard these demands and uh, Rochester offered Corinthian Hall, aka the largest venue in Rochester... And the Fox sisters started performing on stage live shows. Stop. You're right. This is us. But a little too weird. A little too weird, except I can't play piano very well. So it's <laughs> the one thing missing. You're my, my maestro or whatever I said. Oh, yeah. You're maestro? Maestro. No one else knows what we're talking about. But I tried to call you my maestro when you played the piano one time and I spelled it wrong. And it just looked, and, I looked really and stupid. Maestro, and I was like, what's a maestro? And I was just an <laughs> asshole about it. So I apologize. Uh, no, it's your, whatever my maestro wants, my maestro gets. <laughs> okay. So, um, so on opening night, just so you know, uh, Kate was too young to be on stage. So she wasn't even like really invited to join the new Fox sisters, even though she was one of the original Fox sisters. And uh, Leah and Maggie did the show without her. So Leah has really ripped the crown right off of Kate's head. Seriously. And 500 people came opening night and they made the equivalence to what is today $8,000 in that one night. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Big bucks. The audience was in awe, but they also, many of them were skeptics. Apparently everyone in town, including religious zealots, you know, people who were scared People started freaking out, and so they were calling them a fraud, but sometimes it was just out of being afraid. And so during their live shows, it became commonplace that there were fraud search committees done done either during or after the shows. So, like, they were these – at least one was a child, and the other was Leah. And these – audiences would request wild demands to like test that they were being legitimate. So like they would um, tie their ankles or like lie them on the ground in pillows to make sure the like sound was still coming from somewhere. And like, they couldn't do their tricks basically. Um, Oh my God. They would, a lot of people thought like, Oh, one, one of them's cracking their knuckles. One of them is coughing. One of them is stomping their feet. And so they were trying all these little experiments live while also just trying to give you a show, which like, I understand people were freaked out, but can you imagine if every single time we 
did a live show, people were like, now you have to bind your ankles and be upside down. And I'd be like, stop cracking your knuckles. Just don't yeah. come to the show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, all the religious zealots that come to our live shows would for sure. They're always in the front row, aren't they? They are. Um, so there was a few times where they had to literally like stand on glasses to make sure that they weren't channeling electricity because that was someone's theory. Oh, they, my. Um, a lo- there was one time where they or I guess it became a few times where they had their um, feet covered with pillows and then they were standing on cushions so that their feet couldn't be moved. And if they were making sounds with their feet, it would be muffled. And interestingly, whenever that was the experiment they did, that no spirits showed up that night. But Leah would uh, make a public statement later and say, oh, well, everyone was just in such a negative mood that it was it wasn't harmonious enough for the spirits to want to interact. So you were doing it. You ruined the energy in the room. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, at the same time, there was one guy named Andrew Jackson Davis. He later became known as John the Baptist of spiritualism. Um, oh, okay. Yikes. He, uh, he heard of the Fox sisters and he thought that he had like predicted them like they were a prophecy. Um, what? He had published this book where he basically said, and I'm absolutely paraphrasing from his quote, because the quote sounds kind of like very flowery and it was hard Mm. to get through. Um, But basically he was saying that, you know, we as human beings have, we are spirits that are inhabiting a body right now. um, And those spirits have the ability to communicate with spirits in the actual spiritual world right now. So like some are inhabiting bodies on Ah. earth, some are up in the sky or whatever in some other dimension. And all of them have the ability to still communicate no matter what phase they're going through. And even though that's, even though it's possible, it's currently very difficult. But one day there will be this day where this bridge in communication shows up and all the world will be at peace. And because now all of a sudden (laughs) all the spirits can communicate with each other. And thank God that finally happened. Well, he says that he, he wrote that down and then, uh, he thinks that day happened the first time that the Fox sisters heard knocking in their house. Okay. Um, And he, what's interesting about that is the same day that the Fox sisters started hearing things in their house. He has a diary entry where apparently he wrote this about daylight this morning, a warm breathing passed over my face and I heard a voice tender and strong saying, brother, the good work has begun. Behold, (gasps) a living demonstration is born. Ooh. Which, like, okay, that's a little ooky. Like, what? That is. So, uh, when he heard that the girls were in Rochester, he was like, holy shit, I gotta meet them. So, he went to, uh, he invited them to his house right away. By the time he finally met them, though, Leah's talents had now grown even wider and further than Maggie's ever did. Um, and she could now identify through knocking spirits' dialects. And she could also oh. now translate other languages into English. Oh, my God. Um, so uh, this Andrew Jackson Davis guy, he offered to help however he could um, because, first of all, he thought that he, like, was a prophet. <laughs> and he also thought that, you know, he could be seen because it was still so early in um, their story of the Fox sisters that he could make uh, a name for himself as one of the founders of spiritualism. Uh-huh. And so he wanted to like really get in there and do whatever he needed to. So Maggie, Leah and uh, Andrew Jackson Davis, they all decided that they were uh, 
going to go on a literal nationwide tour instead of just staying at this one location, the Corinthian. Why not? So instead of having like a home venue, they're now touring, touring. Oh my God. Um, so people came from all over. Uh, apparently Scientific American wrote a very not so pleasant article about them uh, oh. because it's Scientific American and they were like, this is not scientifically makes sense. Um, <laughs> One audience member was a famous opera singer in Sweden, and apparently she was convinced that they were legit because she saw Leah translate Swedish to her or something. And so um, because so because she was famous in Sweden, they now had famous European celebrity backing. Okay. (laughs) so the news about these the Fox sisters is now traveling to Europe. So they're getting like wide acclaim. Oh, yeah. Um, before they left to go on their official tour, they finished off their New York season. I don't know. Their time in New York um, by conducting by conducting sessions in a New York hotel. And they would do it three times a day for up to 30 attendees at a time. So that was 90 people. And they would do it for, I guess, like the ticket admission was $1, which in today's world is $33. So oh, wow. 33 times 90 people a day. Jeez. You know. Um, and these people weren't just like anyone like it was like you had to really fight to get a ticket. They were sensational. So a lot wow. of their clients or their audience members happen to be really famous people now. Um, one of them was uh, P.T. Barnum. Oh, um, uh, there was also the poet William Cullen Bryant and then the editor for the New York Tribune, Horace Greeley, um, oh. who actually like really like had a liking to them and even offered them like housing in his mansion. He offered them free education. And then Leah told them that they couldn't take the education because they had to go on tour and they couldn't quit like the family business. Oh my God. Um, yeah, but Kate can do it. She's still in school apparently for the rest of her life. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well, Kate, I think she was like, I already got you out of this picture. So nice try (laughs) Kate. Um, apparently another one was, uh, William Lloyd Garrison, who he witnessed, this is a quote, he quote, witnessed a session in which the spirits wrapped in time to a popular song and spelled out a message. And the message was spiritualism will work miracles in the cause of reform. So now they're Mm -hmm. like, basically, this tour is also becoming like a PR campaign for spiritualism, because now people are getting these wild messages from beyond the grave about how great spiritualism is. (laughs) <laughs> and also they like okay. they're they're relevant too because they know all the popular songs so because uh-huh. they're like now rapping to like music um, now they're rapping actually to bottoms up right yeah <laughs> they're bottoms up and also apparently one of the most popular songs that came out that year was like oh susanna so like <laughs> so oh my god my darling clementine right. <laughs> remix with, with bottoms up would be quite a hit though that would sensation. be um I don't even know how you could come. Actually, you know what? I bet you could do it because remember when the 2020 New Year's came and we had the the New Year's Eve party and I found that you had the Great Gatsby like mixed with modern. Yeah, they had there was a playlist where it was 20s versions of popular songs. It's like, I'm sure you could do like, oh, I'm sure 1840s music to like today's music if you really wanted to. Um so anyway, that now it's, you know, people are hearing about spiritualism from the spirits themselves. So it's like quite a marketing plan. Around this time, Kate was now finally out of school and old enough to join them. <laughs> and so uh, they're getting the band back together. And so Aww. Kate, Leah and Maggie are now a threesome. 
and they're known as the Fox sisters officially. I see. Um, so Leah chose to stay in New York at this point. And so like Kate and Maggie could go on tour and I don't know why Leah stepped away. I'm, I don't really know that part, but, uh, Kate and Maggie went on tour. So it was almost like the OG Fox sisters were on tour now and they went to, I really feel like their, uh, booking agent happened to be Andrew Russell because uh they shout out andrew they went to cleveland cincinnati columbus st louis dc and philly oh my god that is like our run yeah um so soon though very quickly the reason there was only that many cities is because they were getting fucking harassed by oh so many skeptics again zealots all across the country now who are coming to see them and judge them or call them blasphemous or say the devil is in them um one time Maggie even got kidnapped. I don't oh. know more of that story, but I feel like I, I should. I want to know more of that. Um, clear, I, she survived. Um, the, the, I guess that's the most important part. Um, the sisters decided it was all not worth it anymore because it was too intense. So during their last show, they spelled out, quote, as if the spirits were doing this. They spelled out, um, oh, man, we're, we will now bid you farewell. And that was the last thing that they ever translated for people. And then they left Bye. the tour. <laughs> um, two weeks later, though, Leah heard about this and heard that they like canceled their own tour and they were like out of the game. I love that it takes two weeks for that news to reach. Like her. she needed another goddamn <laughs> pamphlet or pigeon or something. Um, so Leah heard that her sisters gave up and she went to the public and made a statement saying, no, 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 the show will go on like this. Ah. She was like, just cause I left physically doesn't mean I'm not still their manager. Um, these so, ghosts can't decide to quit. Apparently not. Damn. No. Uh, so Leah thought that they were too integral at this point in spiritualism because all of a sudden now it was a movement and people are really like starting to pick up on it. <laughs> right. We're the center of this movement. And she was basically like, you're the poster children for this. So like you can't back out or else it's going to look really <sighs> bad for a lot of spiritualists. Oh, my God. So Leah uh, uh, basically said, like, you can't just walk away. But soon, spiritualism was booming. The Fox sisters weren't the only people with this gift all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And they very quickly fell from fame. They were no longer relevant. Everyone all of a sudden was a medium. Um, <laughs> and so 200 years prior to this, though, like, let's not take away from the fact that they would have literally been burned at the stake and now people are paying yeah. hundreds of dollars to see them so like it's a good point just wanted to mention that so in 1850 which was right around this time the new haven journal reported that 40 families in upstate new york claimed to have the same powers as the fox sisters and then oh only a year later in new york there were over 100 people who made this claim so like within a 24 month period the fox sisters went from being the only people who could speak to spirits to like being very small fish Oh, my gosh. Um, Or very small foxes, I guess, at this point. Um, (laughs) Fish. So, fun fact, there was ample evidence this whole time, early on, too, that the Fox sisters were frauds. Um, One is that it was shocking how many famous people came forward. Uh, Specifically, Ben Franklin liked to talk to them a lot. Um, Okay. (laughs) But, like, I guess people noticed that Ben Franklin was a pretty shitty speller and, like, didn't know his grammar anymore. And uh, one time a witness called them out and said, like, why can't Ben Franklin get it together? And uh, Maggie apparently stormed out in the middle of a session or uh, Leah stormed out in the middle of a session and said, oh, well, I never understood grammar or something. So it implied (gasps) that, like, she was the one doing it. The smooth lady. Uh, Also, uh, you know, 
just as many famous ghosts would show as no ghosts at all, depending on their mm. mood. So like if they weren't like feeling it that day, all of a sudden the spirits like couldn't show up, mm-hmm. um, especially if their demands weren't being met. Uh, Leah was also allegedly known to try to get information out of witnesses before the shows uh, started. Like, how do you speak Swedish again? Uh-huh. Oh, what's your favorite sentence from, and that's in Swedish. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, and as the three sisters grew older, this could be nothing at all, but a lot of people speculate, um, all three of them ended up having really severe drinking problems. And so oh, no. a lot of people try to associate that with like the guilt of lying to the entire world. Um, and at a few shows, like I said, cushions were placed between their feet and floor, and those shows always happen to be silent. Mm-hmm. Um, near the end of their seances, they started becoming more elaborate, like objects started moving, tables were levitating, you could see shadows and apparitions and shit. And a lot of people have argued like, oh, all of a sudden they had like competition and needed to up their ante. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so they were like probably learning new tricks just to stay relevant. Um, but so this ends up being kind of badass in 1885, I guess the first wave of spiritualism was dying down. So maybe they just had nothing left to lose, but Maggie was fucking over it. Oh. And she, I don't know how she did this or why this was the, the route she took, but it's very um, intentional. She booked the stage at the New York Academy of Music. And then she got on stage in front of everybody, took off her shoes, and cracked her feet knuckles. Yep. And she I knew it. And it was identical to the sounds of the rappings that people had heard. And so once she had shown everyone exactly what was happening, this was what she said on stage. I have been cheaply instrumental in perpetuating the prod of spiritualism upon a too confiding public. The greatest sorrow in my life has been that this is true and that though it has come late in my day, I am now prepared to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I am here tonight as one of the founders of spiritualism to denounce it as an absolute falsehood from beginning to end as the flimsiest of superstitions and the most wicked of blasphemy known to the world. Whoa. So like really like, Hitting it out of the park on that one. Did she spell that out with her feet knuckles? She just tap danced everywhere. <laughs> her little toenails like click clacked. Um, so uh, Maggie also in uh, Maggie also said, when we went to bed at night, we used to tie an apple to a string and move the string up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor, or we would drop the apple on the floor, making a strange noise every time it would rebound. Mother mm. listened to this for a time. She would not understand it and did not suspect us as being capable of a trick because we were so young. Um, some people actually think that all of this really started, like they just got in over their heads and it was originally just supposed to be like a funny neighborhood April Fool's prank because it was right. March 31st. Oh, that's right. Em. So people think like they were just trying to like play a joke on the neighbors oh, and it just got, got out of hand. So out of, like within 12 days, they had to leave their house because they were talk about like a cautionary tale, man. <laughs> Don't you dare play with apples and strings. I tell you once, I'll tell you every time. You know what happens to kids who play with apples. So <laughs> um, so allegedly, this is where I say Leah's husband left her with no money and then she had this daughter. So she a lot of people think that this is why Leah like all of a sudden became so hellbent on like running the show because she saw a real potential for income when she needed right. it most. Understandably, yeah. Um and I mean I can understand like if you're like 
a mom that you need to like raise this kid and you have no yeah. money, especially in the 1840s. It's not like yeah, you're going to get a exactly. job, you know? So, um, I think that's probably how this happened. And when she was visiting her, her, um, sisters, they maybe confided in her like, Shh, don't tell mom and dad, but this is what we're doing. And she probably blackmailed them into letting her join. Wow. Um, so spiritualists felt betrayed by Maggie, uh, but many of them didn't feel betrayed. They were very defensive and said like, oh, she's just like, quote, a washed up drunk. And like, she's just ah. like, she's not relevant anymore. She had like, she lost all of her money. She's just complaining and trying to make spiritualism look bad. Um but apparently one source said that she that Maggie later recanted saying that she did it to spite Leah, but not many people believe that. They think that she was pretty darn serious when she booked mm-hmm. a whole venue. Um, she ended up marrying a, a very famous Arctic explorer named Alicia Kent Kane, but the family didn't approve because Maggie obviously looked a little uh, Looney Tunes. Um, oh, no. And so they never legally wed. Um, Kate uh, continued in part-time mediumship and eventually her son, Ferdinand, damn, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> he also became a medium starting at the age of three. So I don't know. Oh, that poor kid. Sounds like he was influenced. She's a stage mom and a half. She little, Toddlers and tiaras, am I right? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, toddlers and ectoplasm. Seances. <laughs> toddlers and <laughs> ectoplasm. Uh, apparently, this... Like they, she knew when he was three that he had the gift because spirits would possess him and he would have an unearthly glow come out of his eyes. Yikes. Oh, God. No, no, no. Um, no, no. Anyway, sad story becomes a worse story. Uh, arguably all due in some way to their heavy drinking. Um, they all died very early in life. Um, Leah died in 1890 and she was the oldest. She died first. Maggie died two years later at only 59 and Kate died a year later at 56. Um, the, this is a fun fact. The original table that the Fox sisters used on tour Mm -hmm. is now at the Rochester historical society. Um, according to Alice Obscura, the table, as you can see in pictures was custom built to make the rapping sounds. You just couldn't see it from off Ah. the stage. (laughs) Um, quote, within the enclosed top of the table lies a spring connected to a long metal rod. And when pushed, the rod hits the inside of the table, creating the wrapping sound. Um, and as for the body remains, I think, and those were probably planted as part of the April Fool's joke. Um, the ones that were found in the cellar when oh, they yeah, yeah, yeah. first were talking to the ghost. Um, and the Fox family's property where this all started um, is now Hydesville Memorial Park in newark new york and uh apparently the park offers like you can see like i think if if i saw one picture and i'm kind of going completely off that but i think they still have the foundation of the house built into the ground and they they do a haunted history trail (gasps) tour um so if anything um the fox sisters they did if this was just all accidentally like an april fool's joke and they made spiritualism. Um, <laughs> it, they at least, if anything, set the standard for what types of communication to expect mm-hmm. during paranormal interaction. Even today, I mean, you hear knocking all the time in spooky TV shows and things yeah. like that. It's usually the people's first go-to. If you're here, can you knock on something or bang on yeah. something? Um, we still see knocking in spirit sessions and general evidence of hauntings today. And because of the Fox sisters, American spiritualism is still credited to, uh, at least to many people to have begun on March 31st, which means that spiritualism is an Aries. 
So And it wouldn't be. Or it would be, wouldn't it? Uh, she would be an Aries. Spiritualism and my mother. And your stepmother, right? Yeah. Linda, Ellen, and spiritualism. The original Fox Toddlers sisters. And, <laughs> and that's the original Fox that's sisters. That's the Fox sisters. Wow. That was very wow. long. I'm so sorry. What a tale though. I mean I I can do that with my knuckle with my f- feet. Are you serious? Yeah. Ugh. I You can't? N- I don't think I've tried. I do have like this freakishly long toes, so I'm sure I could probably like do a little cracking if I wanted to. But it's like a it's specific thing. I remember learning it when I was little because the a it, guy that is it not your toes? Sort of. It's like you're going like I don't know. Huh? I I don't want to show you. I mean, I'll show you someday, not on camera, please. But I'm I'm aware um, that feet have like the most bones in any part of the human body. But in my mind, the foot is just one like oval shaped bone. And so when people are like, "Oh, I can crack it," I'm like, "You should not be able to. It should be like no. It's one not slate. cracking it. It's like you hit it on the floor. I still cannot uh, like, do that. Here, let me see if I can do it. Hold on. I don't oh my have, God. like, I'm on call. And, and on today's episode, we have one of the Fox sisters <laughs> performing her famous toe crackle. Unfortunately, I'm on carpet, so it's not going to work. Hang on. <gasps> I heard it. That was enough for me. Oh, my God. So if that was on, that was on carpet. If it's on wood, you can hear it. Can you imagine, um, though, but, having to do that enough times to spell out that no, you're Charles B. Rosna? Like, and <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, why didn't they name him Aardvark? Can you imagine? Um, how old are you, Charles? 31. Do that 31 times, Christine. <laughs> Okay. I would be like, again, like, I'm an infant. I'm one. Don't worry about it. Um, But yeah, I remember my, like, one of my, whatever, this semi-stepdad when I was growing up, um, we'd be in an elevator and he would do that. And people would be like, what is that knocking sound? You could do it in your shoes? Yes. And so that's what he would do. And I remember he he was like, yeah, you can do that. And so then I learned to do it with my foot. (laughs) As so I maybe I'm reincarnated. As I'm the, pretty the, sure you're one of the Fox sisters. You're definitely <laughs> you're definitely fucking Leah too. I can tell. No, I I uh, <laughs> I guess you're Maggie because she's the one who was doing all the foot cracking. But I okay, mm-hmm. wow. So I mean, I know I'm wrong anatomically, but as someone who refuses to believe the foot is anything other than one long plate of bone, that's so creepy to me that, that you're saying that. It, the fact that I think it's just like cracking in half on the ground inside no, your shoes. Um, <laughs> it's so it's all wrong, but it's I I don't know what's better. I hate this. Let's move on. It's all bad. <laughs> I don't like love feet. So uh, it's not great. I want yeah, a video later. Uh, not to be like, can you send me a, a video of your feet? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm, but to totally be like, can you send me? A video <laughs> but like, Can you send me a very close up version of because <laughs> I need to see what the fuck happened. It sounds yeah, like you just I, broke your foot. Like, it's so funny because you said that and I was like, wait a second, I used to be able to do that. And so the whole time you we were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it again. Um, Ugh, anyway, that's a skill I only want to see for science purposes and then never from far away and then completely <laughs> forget. I want you to like <laughs> clonk me in the head after I see the video you send me. So I can oh forget. Oh, my it. God. Oh, boy, what a tale. Anyway, I have a tale for you, and it's also Twisty Turner. <gasps> so it is the story of Phoebe Hansjuk. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. Uh, it's a Norwegian name, I believe, Hansjuk. Okay, Hansjuk. cool. Um, it takes place in Australia, though. So this is a uh, a murder mystery. Ooh, you know I love a good question mark. <laughs> yes, it's a creepy one. And this is, uh, I actually heard it for the first time ever on Crime Junkie a long time ago. Like, I don't know. 
maybe sometime last year. Uh, and I had like had it in my head and I was like, it's Phoebe something. And then I eventually was like, I need to like learn more about this. So mm. I went back and found the name. So uh, credit to them for where I first heard it. And there is a podcast called Phoebe's Fall <gasps> uh, from 2016 that uh, basically like goes really in depth. It's like a six episode podcast series. Wow. So both of those are where like this, this intel comes from. I always feel bad when there's a story that literally can span multiple hours of yeah. episodes. And like, I want to do my best in my research, but there's just no way it's going to happen. No, completely. It's like when I did like did the Zodiac, and I'm like, right. here's a 20 minute version of the Zodiac, yeah, good, and then it's good like luck. <laughs> I've listened to like 85 episodes of professionals talking about at this. That point, here's you my might version. As, at that point, you might as well just do like, here's my seven part episode of the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. So on Thursday, December second, 2010, uh, a concierge of a luxury high rise apartment in Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne, uh, na- Melbourne, named <laughs> Beth. Uh, was heading to the apartment's apartment building's garbage room to find a broom. So uh, when she turned the key, she tried to open the door, but it got jammed. Like, it was blocked by something. Oh. So she peered in and saw what looked like a mannequin. Good night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it was on My Favorite Murder where they said it's never a mannequin. I think it was from MSM. Yeah, just I'm not sure, but it's a great quote. T- take out the part that says it can. It's a man. It's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a woe man. Uh, a woe mannequin. Which in this case. So she thought it was a mannequin until she saw a large pool of blood. Um, <sighs> it was the body of 24-year-old Phoebe Handchuk, uh, who was a tenant at the Valencia Apartments, Shit. which is the building that they were in. So after the discovery of uh, Phoebe's body and the arrival of police, it was pretty soon deduced that Phoebe had fallen 12 floors through the trash chute. Holy fuck. Into the garbage room. And this was 40 meters or 131 feet. So she had fallen 12 stories. Wow. Through the trash chute into the garbage room. I'm shocked this is the first time I'm hearing a story 200 times now where it took someone to... Because I always thought, I guess not always, but in my head when I was little, I always... I thought there was like a, a horror movie trope where people got thrown down chutes. Like laundry chutes yeah. or like, yeah. It seemed, maybe we just invented it because it seemed like something terrifying because I had the same thought. That was but. in the same part of my brain with like, oh, the zebra stripe gum is actually a tattoo. I was about to say, then again, we were like trying to tattoo ourselves with trash. Yes. So like, who knows? <laughs> Literal trash. <laughs> oh boy. So they figured out like she had fallen through this trash chute Um and they found her body with bruising on her neck, wrist, and upper right arm. So that's important for later. Okay. Um, and they had figured out that she had fallen alive and <gasps> cut her foot on the trash compactor. To Okay, speaking of feet. To the point that it was nearly severed. And then she bled out while crawling, looking for an exit. Oh, see, like, you always hope that, like, before they hit the trash chute, they died instant death. Like, they... Yeah, I know. But apparently... So, but so the whole experience of mental torture was also involved. Got it. Yes, exactly. So basically, it was a dark room, and they could basically figure out that after she had almost severed her foot, like, she was trying to find an exit and bled out in about five to ten minutes Fuck. during that time. Yeah. Oh, it's my God. fucking horrible. So they went to her apartment, obviously, upstairs, um, and in the apartment, they found broken glass on the floor and blood on the cushion and computer keyboard of Fuck. her apartment. Okay. Um, just a little amount, but it was definitely fresh blood. 
Uh, the coroner, Peter White, considered briefly the possibility of murder, but quickly ruled that Phoebe had intentionally climbed into the chute herself while on drugs and alcohol, uh, not intending to die by suicide, but it was just a tragic accident. Ooh, so wait, do they think she... I mean, this sounds like murder, not a tragic accident. It sounds like someone yeah, threw her yeah. down the fucking chute. Like, I right. don't think someone climbs in there. Like, this is a par- paragraph. What was it? Many paragraphs of nonsense or oh, whatever. Uh, this is. Oh, what was it? It's just something like a bunch of paragraphs or whatever. <laughs> this is the first of a bunch of paragraphs. So the story is not over. Let's just put it that and way. And had she not cut her foot, she probably would have survived. It sounds like. I think it was. Yeah, potentially. Like, she, like if she was going to blood out, she would have just landed. Yeah, but that's a good point, too. Um, Exactly. So basically the coroner says, oh, she intentionally climbed into the trash chute and died because she was on drugs and alcohol. So that's where they landed. So uh, Phoebe's friends, I'm just going to tell you, like, rewind a little bit. So Phoebe herself, her friends um, remember her as having, she's like a very memorable person. So her friend Alicia Carville uh, remembers, quote, when we used to go out, she would walk into the room and there were cat eyes and you can just see everyone turn their eyes to see her. And her friend Hazel Brown said that she was so beautiful and was very creative in a private way through journals and drawing. Aww. So apparently, I know, she seemed like a lovely person. So these two uh, women went to school with her in Melbourne mm. and remembered her as having a very adventurous spirit. So this story, I feel like is very fitting to describe her personality. Uh, Alicia recalls, I got her an interview for McDonald's and she got the job. She had her first shift, which went okay. Then she had her second shift and she didn't like it anymore. <laughs> and when you, when you, yeah, that sounds. Gemini. No, Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> and when you leave, you have to return your uniform. So she took off her uniform, left it in the ice room, left through the back door and ran home in her underwear. I like her. So that's just, I do too. I was like, okay, I get it. Like she's spunky. Say no more. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. got chutzpah, I think. Yeah. As as they say, mm-hmm. as grandma was grandma would say, <laughs> uh, so she had uh, t- somewhat of a reckless spirit. Uh, some of her friends said um, when they were thirteen, they already started going out to clubs, and Phoebe began consuming copious amounts of alcohol and started testing drugs. Um, and her mom said that this changed her and amplified her quote sensitive mercurial personality so Mm. she said when she started drinking and doing drugs like it really messed with her because she was such a sensitive um, person and she had also been on antidepressants since she was 16 so she had like an interesting relationship with substances that her family often like had to check in on and uh were worried about and what year was this again that she died? This is 2010. Oh, this is much 2010. more recent than I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's ten, uh, less than 10. Oh, no, exactly 10 years ago this week. Wow. So, Whoa. yeah. Okay. Creepy. Um, so, the family, she, her family was very close. Uh, she grew up with parents Natalie and Len, and her brother's names were Nikolai and Tom. Uh, she was really active. She would spend eight hours um at the gym at a time. I mean, same. You and I can both relate to that. Every second. Sure. I, I'm actually have to get going. So it's a- <laughs> actually I'm in the. Can't you see I'm on the treadmill I'm, right I'm this doing, very moment? You can't tell. This is a, a fake leg. I'm actually doing a squat. Just one squat this whole time. Oh, are you? Yeah. I'm actually cracking my feet on the floor. You know, over and over again. That's my workout. Can confirm because I heard it with my stupid ears. <laughs> my ears that failed me. They should have shut off in that moment. Stupid ears. Okay. Um. So, 
Let's see. So anyway, she's very active. Uh, She trained and studied karate as well as kickboxing. She was known to be, quote, deadly with her kicks. Damn. Um, And I know she was apparently fast tracked to get a black belt in two years and it usually takes five. So she was just kicking ass. Let's just put it that way. Oh, my God. Um, But despite her athleticism, the big, huge question mark about this case was how on earth did she get into this garbage chute? I'm saying... Yeah. So to have ended up in the garbage room, the coroner suggested that Phoebe climbed herself into this hatch and uh, lowered herself into the drop. And the coroner, Peter White, said, quote, Phoebe's long term enthusiasm for climbing and penchant for undertaking physically challenging activity was a factor in this event. And that's how he explained that she got herself into the trash chute. Which, like, I mean, if it's a story about, like, you know, alcohol and drugs, it's like, what a sad way to go. But also, like, I understand. I understand it a little bit because my first thought is like, okay, a trash chute is just such a fucking gross way to like, I'm just like a germ freak. But, um, I mean, like I think of my hometown friends and like, wow, there was nothing drunk Deirdre loved to do in high school more than like climb to like the top of a building. So like, I get like trying to like, for the sake of the story, like have some weird little adventure, but like doing something dangerous. Yeah. Like, but the, the shoot, that's a, that's a real brave one. Like that's, um, yeah. Cause hmm, that, that one's just like beyond my, uh, my understanding. I'm going to need a little more explanation. I guess yeah. I would say like, like what was the goal? This. What was the goal? Yeah. What was the end goal here? Um, so Phoebe's family understandably couldn't wrap their heads around the coroner's explanation. So Phoebe's grandfather, he becomes like the central figure of the story. His name is Lorne Campbell and he was a retired, uh, detective, and so when he found the story out about his granddaughter and like what the coroner had said and that they ruled that it was just an accident, he basically stepped up and was like, I'm going to do my own experiments oh. and figure out if this is even possible. Okay, good. So the yeah, exactly. He kind of stepped up and like was the only one kind of representing her who, like, in this case. called bullshit or like at least. Yeah, was, yeah. Was like what's going on here? Who like did something about it? So it's a galvanized steel chute, um, and if you can imagine, it's sort of like, I mean, I've had different apartment buildings with different trash chutes, but it's basically one of the kind that you pull, like, a drawer. It's like uh, we have, Brit on... That's the one we have at our apartment. It's like, a, it looks like an oven, basically. Like Yes, exactly. You pull, so on, you pull this yeah. door down, and then you throw things down, and then you close the door back up. Yes, exactly. And... um on crime junkie brit described it as like a library drop off yeah um well i guess you don't read many books you say uh that's your fair <laughs> so maybe maybe i'll say uh oven? trust me oven? i know enough about Cookies? food i know what an oven looks like yeah um yeah so it's kind of like an accordion style but and it uh it's it closes by itself like once you let go of it it it's like, like shuts on a itself. spring yeah yes exactly it's like spring loaded basically so this trash chute is about 530 millimeters wide, which is about 20 inches wide. Okay. So I've heard various 18 to 20 inches wide. So, I mean, that's like a foot and a half. Sure. Like, not very wide. Um, and it was six feet above the ground. So, so six feet above the ground. Yes. Like the opening to the dumpster? I think the opening to the top was six feet off the ground. Okay. Got it. So basically... So like she would have to, had to climb and basically be upside down by the time she got in there. To get in there, right. Assuming the spring didn't like close up on her legs. Yes. However, since she fell on her foot, uh, it was determined she went down feet first. 
Oh, so she so like she almost like gone in head. So first. she almost like got her foot in and like hoisted herself up and then kind of like sat and tried to like almost go yes. sledding down on her butt. Yes. So the the only way it could have happened is if she had climbed up and gone, yeah, feet first, like slid like a, like a yeah. water slide, like tried yes. to yes, like the world's worst water slide. Like yes. instead of water to get to make it all slippery, it's trash and steel. It's banana peels. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so while Lorne wasn't saying her grandfather, he wasn't saying like, oh, it's impossible to put a person here. But he was saying like, how would Phoebe have climbed in herself? She was a small woman. However, he was like, I'm skeptical of this. So what he did is he gathered two of Phoebe's friends who had like similar, really small stature and were pretty athletic to test out how she could have climbed into this chute. So you can see this um, online. Oh, Basically, they have like a harness on so that they don't actually fall in. Good. But he's basically, yeah, he's basically testing like, can you um, lift yourself up six feet into this tiny little pocket? Like, see if you can do it. And so there's videos of it and they're they're really trying. Um, and technically, OK, so she would have, like I said, have to open the hatch, climb in um, while attempting to like grip the wall or something. Right. Yeah. There's not like a handle, um, you know, inside the chute. So trying to grip the wall or something and slide in uh and then seat yourself like you said as if like a sled or a water slide or something um and then lower yourself in that way so you can watch the demonstration online but there are two women and you can see them with like immense difficulty uh try to get themselves into the chute and they do eventually um but it is not easy Hmm. and uh they have to balance themselves against the wall and basically because of the angle of like you have to go from top down you have to balance yourself on the wall like there's no way you could get in without touching anything right really. okay um did they find so, fingerprints on the walls and stuff so sorry this is literally no this is literally my next bullet on the day of phoebe's death not one fingerprint was found on the trash chute or the surrounding walls yeah unless you're like fucking spider-man you can't just like yeah or like an Olympian like box jumper or something like you can't just like get from the ground to six feet up without your hands helping you in some way. Well, and some somebody would have had to open the chute too, you know. And yeah. so when I'm thinking, and they're like, well, so, but then I'm thinking if there were no fingerprints, so like somebody had to wipe it down, right? Because right, yeah, what, other people are using it for trash, right? So like you'd imagine somebody had has touched this thing, right? Yeah. That checks out. I, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, like someone would have had to so come, fishy. come back for cleanup. And then, like, it would have to be more than like the apartment complex janitor. Like, you know. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm saying is like, even if she did it herself, like, wouldn't somebody else have used this trash chute ever to the point that like a fingerprint oh, showed got up? It, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's just weird to me that there were literally no, no finger. Like, if we tested our trash chutes, I'm sure there, there would, would be plenty of gross there fingerprints. There would be coronavirus on it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Okay, no. fair point. So yeah, it just feels like someone like bleached the whole thing down. To me, I'm like weirded out. And I guess uh, I did hear that like on galvanized steel, it's hard to leave fingerprints. But even on the wall, there were no fingerprints. So yeah, yeah either somebody had to like be really stealth about it or uh, somebody wiped the it The only down, thing I can opinion. think of is like if you brought tools with you that were also small enough to fit down there. But then, like, I guess you could, like, I'm thinking, like, if she brought a weight to hold the, the door open while she mm. climbed inside. But then you'd also have to, like, I mean, there's no way to, like, balance yourself on that while you sit yourself down without touching the wall. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So it, it was Maybe just she used fishy. the broom. Maybe she was, like, kind of, like, doing a little balance act. 
right? The broom. Well, the- oh, the broom was in the garbage room downstairs. Like oh, the lady shit. went to go get the broom. So like she hadn't actually, she was about Unless to be Unless she brought the broom, but I don't, yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, got it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. It's very bizarre and confusing. <sighs> um, so basically it proved impossible in their experiments to do this without leaving any fingerprints, uh, by yourself anyway. Um, and if she had used her hands or if somebody had used their hands, who wiped them away? Right. Essentially. Yeah. So they do this testing on the original, on the actual shoot where she went down and they're able to figure out like how somebody might be able to get into the shoot. But then they are thinking, um, okay, well now we should see what he wants to figure out about the actual drop itself. And he's not about to drop her friends down the shoot. So I <laughs> know exactly. And so instead what they do is he contacts the company who made the oh. steel hatch and he has them build a replica um, to see how far like the, the testers, the guinea pigs can get into the shoot. Wow. This person's um, really dedicated and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. He's uh, not stopping at anything basically. Um, so they are figure out that it is possible, but very difficult to get into the trash shoot alone. Um, and so what he does is he conducts an experiment where a male demonstrator carries a female demonstrator who is pretending to be unconscious. Oh, smart. To see like how that would work. And it's actually really creepy to watch because this woman is like splayed out. Like, like dead weight? I mean, really. Yeah, like dead weight. And he's trying to like hoist her in. It's it's very disturbing, honestly, to watch. Um so in this context, the man is able to place her into the hatch with more ease and she doesn't touch uh, the hatch like she would have if she were by herself. Uh-huh. Okay. So that requires no none of her fingerprints to be around the wall or anything. Got it. Um, so Lauren is starting to think uh, like uh, maybe this is what happened. Maybe this is not accidental like they apparently thought. Um there is one other possible explanation, which is that she was put in the shoot by someone else. So Lauren starts to get kind of stuck on this theory. Um, and what he discerns from his experiment is that it's easy, easier uh, for someone to dispose of, say, you know, a body type like Phoebe's, a woman uh, like Phoebe, than it would be for her to climb in herself. It would just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like he didn't need any of those experiments to know that. No, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm glad we have the, the data now, but... But apparently he did because nobody believed him. So once Shocking. he did the experiment, I know Shocking. it's really, it's really fucked up. So he was like, great, just like I expected or just like I suspected. Uh, this is not just an easy feat for her to just like hop on in and, right. you know, toss herself down the trash chute. So um, on the day of Phoebe's death, I have like a little timeline here. According to Phoebe's partner, uh, her boyfriend, Ant, so I think his full name's Anthony, but he goes by Ant, okay. Ant Hample, and he and Phoebe lived together. So he, according to him, he had left for work at 8.30 in the morning, and she was still sleeping with their dog, Yoshi, and she had been recovering from a drinking, what, what he called a bender, from earlier that week. Mm. So at 8.45 a.m., uh, she sent an email and used her computer at 11.43, there was a fire alarm in the building, like a drill, pretty much. Okay. And you can see uh, the CCTV footage where Phoebe leaves the apartment with the dog as part of the fire drill. So that is actually the last time she's ever seen um, oh. on, on footage. Did they see her go back up to her apartment or just leave the apartment for the drill? Um, I believe it was just – a. F- well, so while this video is going on, you can actually see her – 
with the dog and you actually see her kind of like stumble against a wall. Oh. Which some people say like, oh, well, sh- maybe she's drunk. Um, but right, she also or hungover. Like, yeah. Or, but she also has a dog. So it's like maybe she just got pulled or tripped or, you right. know, who knows. I, so c- it, I could understand. I would un- my thought would be it was that if she had just come back from drinking and now there's like this loud ass alarm, maybe yeah. she had like she fell over from like the hangover sound of it or something. Yeah. Well, so that was when she was already outside. So like she had left the building with the dog. Oh, OK. I was thinking camera. her going down the hallway or something. No. Yeah. Like outside, you can kind of see. I think it's outside. I haven't seen that video. I've only seen a still shot of her leaving the building with the dog. So I'm gotcha. not sure if it's outside or inside. Either way, there is a she point. was falling. Yes, yes. Got it. She had hit a wall at some point or like kind of stumbled, essentially. She stumbled a little bit. Got it. So uh, as a person who drinks and as a person who's very clumsy, I stumble whether or not I'm drinking. So I feel like it's not necessarily, (laughs) yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily proof. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can point to it and say like, I bet she's drunk, but like, there's just no proof of that. uh, Sure. From the video itself. Um, So... There is a picture of her returning into the building at 11.50. So she does go back inside. Cool. Okay, that's all. After. Yeah. Um, And she uses the computer again. So that's just further proof that she made it, like, not only inside, but back to her apartment. And arguably currently doing daily life things instead of, like... Yes, exactly. Just, like, normal day-to-day stuff. So at 11.50, which is seven minutes after the alarm, um, you can see her going back into the building... And as soon as she gets back into her apartment, she uses her computer again. And this is like around noon-ish, like a little before noon. So basically sometime between noon and 7 p.m., she goes into this shoot. Noon and 7 p.m. That's a wide gap. That is a wide gap. Yes. So. And they don't have any cameras on the the dumpster or anything? Oh, I'll tell you. Okay. It gets infuriating, Em. Well, P.S. It's already there <laughs> because already nobody chose to use common sense that it's easier for someone to get thrown down a chute than climb into a chute. Yeah, and 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 honestly, um, the common sense just gets less common and more scarce. So uh, yikes! Okay, got it. Don't worry. I'm prepared. So there's not like too much activity that day that kind of points to anything leading up to her death. But if you go back a little ways longer, um, there's some odd activity that has occurred. So I'm just going to tell you, like, leading up to the day of her death, some of the stuff that was happening. So Phoebe had moved into this apartment with Aunt earlier that year, earlier in 2010. And um, previously she had dated mostly kind of, like, grungy, like, musician types. Okay. Uh, but Ant was kind of this, like, classier, older guy. He was in his early 40s, um, and she was 24. So there was, like, a substantial age gap uh, between them. Sure. And they had met in 2009. She was working at a high-market hair salon, and he was an events promoter with clients like Kylie Minogue, Paris Hilton, and ACDC. Ayo! Okay. Ayo! And so uh, he was, like, kind of swanky, and his, uh, her family actually really liked him. Uh, he helped Phoebe's brother get a job, um, but the sa- at the same time, they kind of had a feeling that this relationship wasn't forever. Oh, they, okay. They just, they, they were like, yeah, we like him okay, or we like him. Mr. Nice right, guy. but not Mr. Mr. Right now, but not Mr. Mr. Right. Mr. Right now, exactly. I see. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. Look, look, there's nothing <laughs> I'm better at than um, relationship labels than gossiping about relationships than finding yes. ways to beat around the bush got yeah that's exactly my forte 
<laughs> oh, boy. So according to Phoebe's mom, Natalie, uh, what she found strange is that although Phoebe had lived in the apartment for nearly a year before her death, there was little to show her presence anywhere in the apartment. Hmm. So as you know, I like to just leave trash piles of my belongings wherever sure I go, whether it's sure your house, do. my house, uh, the, fl- the ground on the our sidewalk, house. our house, our shared house, <laughs> um, our haven of our affair, emotional affair. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> we're like, perpet- we're going to call TMZ and be like, guess what? And they're gonna be like, we don't care. We should about do that. like some home alone, like that, like cut out posters, like do like some shadow <laughs> art and then like call like world star or like TMZ and <gasps> just have them just snoop. Who knows what's going on? But it's Who us. Knows? Uh, it's just an anonymous tip. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not saying it's, it's us. Here's my exact name and how you spell it and pronounce it for TV. But I mean, it could be someone else. <laughs> and don't pronounce it wrong, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so yeah, it was just weird. Okay, speaking of like, as somebody who literally can't like, I don't even want to turn the computers horrifying, like just like I leave <laughs> stuff everywhere. But like, she just didn't have stuff like in the apartment. There were a couple photos of her and aunt, but all her stuff were still in storage downstairs. So huh. it was just odd. Like it, it felt off because she had lived there almost a year so it it was feels like, that's weird yeah, it feels a little cold like she's um yeah she almost like she has a plan to leave yeah like one foot out the door almost yes exactly like she's not as try- i like to beat around the bush as well and that's why <laughs> and that's what i love uh, it, it, yeah it, feel, it feels like she's um like kind of already planning to not get comfy there yes exactly nothing felt comfy about it so Phoebe had actually told her mom that the relationship was fraying and was getting more volatile, and she was Oof. worried Aunt was going to pop the question on their upcoming trip to Paris uh, that, that Christmas. And remember, this took place December of 2010, like early December. Oof. So she confided in her family, including her mom, her grandmother, and her brother Tom, about her relationship. She said Aunt was kind of controlling, and she felt like she was losing her voice. And remember, this is someone her friends described as, like, reckless and... Right. Like, not necessarily in a bad way, but just that was her, you know, um, and she was just kind of a... It sounds like she know. was... I mean, it sounds a, like, at least in her relationship, if it matches her personality, she was probably a little, like, flighty and, like, didn't want to settle, you know? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's almost like she was feeling stifled. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she felt like she couldn't, like, be herself. Um, and while, while together with Aunt Phoebe, had actually cut her hair dramatically, like, really short and dyed it black. And you can see Ooh. this... Uh, in the CCTV footage of her during the fire drill. Um, and according to Phoebe's grandmother, she basically looked like the spitting image of Aunt's sister, Christina. And she saw this as like an indication that she was just trying to like fit into this mold for uh, Aunt and like kind of fit what he wanted. And so she like changed her appearance. And it was like a dramatic change. Like she didn't have short hair. Her hair was not black. Right. So it was just like a very sudden change. And her family was like, ah, she looks a lot like his sister. Maybe she's trying to like, emulate that i mean i would have taken that as kind of like a red herring of sorts of being like if she's so like adventurous and reckless like she strikes me as someone who would like go get green hair for no reason who'd cut her hair exactly and she worked at a hair salon so it's like maybe like one of her friends was in training and needed to do a dye job you know i've always wished i had a friend like that i um i was always afraid someone was gonna ask me because like i'm and not that I'm particular about my hair. Like, I don't care. As long as it doesn't look terrible, I don't care what it looks like. But I'm terrified the one time someone, like, needed to practice, I would, like, have a massive, like, 
chunk of hair missing like so see that just happens to me now i you know my bald spot (laughs) i like i'd never like what my hair looks like ever under any circumstance so to me i'm like listen try away if you find some miracle where it looks good then like you're my i think you have great hair well that's very kind thank you um i don't love it but you know that's a story for another day uh anyway so she had uh dyed her hair yada yada and her family was like yeah she seemed like she was not herself anymore so in october of 2010 this was two years prior to her death um phoebe had had a big argument with aunt and uh natalie phoebe's mom remembers that uh phoebe was saying aunt was getting more and more aggressive um she felt like she wasn't able to assert herself in the relationship Mm. and she actually traveled after this argument to malakuta which is a town in australia to see Jeanette, her grandmother I just love Grandma Jeanette. I just, I don't even know her, but I love her. <laughs> it reminds me of Grandma uh, Pam. Grandma <laughs> Pam and Grandma Jeanette yeah. would be quite a duo. <laughs> the Fox Sisters 2.0. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, according to Jeanette, Phoebe had somewhat made up her mind that she was going to stay in Malacuta. She had even lined up a summer job. Um, remember, October there is like springtime. It's oh, like opposite seasons. Was not in even. Australia. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, summer job. Okay. That's what, yeah. Well, I was just, (laughs) because it was you and I just have blind loyalty, I was like, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now I'm picking it up if there was a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's December or it's October at this point, but she's like, I'm going to pick up a summer job at a golf course here where my grandma lives. Um, and Jeanette was like, I think Phoebe wanted to break up with him, but she was encouraging him, her to go back and do it in person rather than pull a Christine and just like send an awkward text and be like, anyway, bye, which is <laughs> how I do things. Um, so <laughs> like the least confrontational person ever. Don't worry. I'm working on it in therapy. Okay. So Phoebe took her grandma's advice, went to Melbourne, went back home to Melbourne, but they didn't break up. So I don't know if they just rectified things they got back together or you know they never actually split um but phoebe's behavior got even more unexplainable Mm. so this is uh an email that uh phoebe had written to her mom natalie around this time i'm just gonna read it i've been thinking about my birthday present and i'd like you to hang on to that for me there may be a time in my life where I need to get away without much notice, and I'd like to have an international flight available for me. Uh-oh. I also ask that you don't mention any of this to anyone, and I won't bring it up until I need it. No. So, yeesh. Yeah, that's different than being reckless or adventurous, because, like, even yeah. though you, it sounds like it could be reckless and adventurous, because it's like, oh, like, if, you know, there might be a time where I do something random. But, like, usually when you're reckless and adventurous, it comes with spontaneity, not intent. Yes. Yes. Wow, that was really deep. And I mean, um, I'm the love guru, so. <laughs> That's right. You're beating around all the bushes. That's what I they know. call me. Like, I, I, I know uh, how, to, how to really massage the mind. And with some chutzpah. That's me. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so it's just a little shady. And, like, yeah, maybe she was just like, I don't know, maybe I'll want to. But yeah, you're right. It's like planning ahead. It's a little strange. It sounds um, ominous too. Of like, it does. I might need to leave the country. Like, and don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. the don't tell it's, anyone is like just affirming. Like, I have a secret. Something bad. Yeah. And um, the week before death, there were more red flags. So this one gives me goose cam. I gotta say. So the day before she died, Wednesday, December first of 2010, she had sent a group text, like a mass text. To her mom, her grandmother, aunt, a few other family members, and her boss. Huh, and okay. this is what the text read. In all caps, hi, family, comma, 
I am in bed about to sleep, and when I wake, I will transform into the most incredible human being you've ever seen. Not, I will go to hospital. It's safer there, and I hear the special tonight is tomato soup. Delicious, nutritious. I love you all very much, but not enough to send an individual text. Sorry about that, but time is sleep, and I must be on my way. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream, XO. Okay, either it's drugs or she made an escape room. Like it's one oh of god, the it two. sounds like M's escape room. It sounds yeah. like a riddle. Like she's trying to like um, because like I know like I'm saying that like in a jokey way, but also like in a serious way. It sounds like maybe like Allison and I have very sp- like we have a code word if something's words, going yeah. down. Like that, there could have been something in there where she was implying something to someone. You yeah, know? yeah. It was. I think. I mean, it sounds to me personally, and again, obviously, I'm no expert by any means, but it sounds to me either like drugs or. Uh, mental illness you know you see like she's people... not she's not sounding stable no matter no, what it doesn't and you know you see people writing messages and stuff uh in a manic state or what have you and sometimes they do come off very i i don't know bubbly and like aggressive and strange and like that does happen so in my mind that's kind of where my head went um but the fact that she also did experiment with drugs and things who knows um Mm, yeah and also that combined with like kind of the paranoia of i might need to leave the country is like a little bit yeah of a weird combo happening the same month Mm. so i do i mean i i really personally just wanted to be like she was trying to give someone a tip off because i'd love for that to be a twist in the story but i do think like first of all the first sign of her not being stable was that she put her mom in a group chat with her boss it's like that was enough for me i, I, I was, was like, like uh-oh boyfriend's in there mom and the boss <laughs> no. yeah this yeah. is bad yeah yeah, yeah. so do no, we, completely so do we i mean i guess i know your answer where you think she wrote that is one of the theories that she was already dead and someone wrote that for two no. people okay no because this was this was before she died this was the day before she died oh the day before so, okay cool yeah yeah, yeah. so she this was pre-fire drill, pre-all that. So Got she it. had just sent this kind of mysteriously the day before. And that's why people are now associating her stumbling with the dog with, like, probably some sort of substance abuse. Yeah. Because it was just and all at the same time. Be- and because she had a tendency to drink and do drugs. Okay. And uh, I will tell you about the talks report in a little bit. Okay. Um, so automatically for obvious reasons Jeanette the grandmother's reaction is that something is not right here uh Phoebe's in trouble Jeanette's onto something yeah Jeanette's onto something um and this is not the kind of text Phoebe would send so it's not like they're like oh Phoebe with her silly nursery rhymes with like her, this is not with her troll under the bridge riddles like you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> tomato soup what could it mean right, yeah so yeah. They, they were like you know grandma's like this is not I love how grandma and grandpa are like step aside everybody I know what's up look when when um, there's a, a crisis like they can really come to the forefront and fuck yeah, some shit up if they need to Lauren and Jeanette they are on the case mm-hmm. yep um, so in Phoebe's like, okay, on Sunday before she died, Phoebe had a Skype call with her mom, Natalie, and Natalie remembers that the lights were all off in Phoebe's room when she called. So she was in a dark room and Natalie had asked Phoebe whether things had been patched up with aunt. And instead of responding, she lifted a finger to silence her. And Natalie thinks Phoebe wanted to say something but couldn't. So Phoebe said, Ant's watching a movie in the other room. And that was it. Like, don't talk about it. So she was like, that was a little shady. Um, And then on Monday, Phoebe met with her psychologist who remembers that she was at a pretty low point. 
Um, and they had been working on a plan to reduce her drinking, which had worked for a little while until she had relapsed. And her psychologist felt she was depressed um, and said it was the closest to suicidal ideation that she had seen her. Oh, shit. How- However, um, she said she didn't necessarily think she was suicidal, but it's also like that's such a I mean, I think the word I guess like a nuanced way of sure it's it's not that black and white, you know, you can't be like, oh, the therapist said she was this way. It's like there's so much more that goes into, right. you know, that relationship. And it's that not just opinion. like a one again, a one two step like it's there's yes. a lot yes. going on there. Exactly. It's just kind of like a broad statement um, and it's not evidence in my opinion. And that evening, um, Phoebe and Ant had gone to dinner, which ended in a huge screaming match. Um, Phoebe stormed off to meet up with her friend Bren for a drink, uh, but the bar closed early. So uh, Ant called Phoebe. So, okay, sorry. The bar closed early. So the drink lasted only 30 minutes. And during that time, Ant called Phoebe 27 times. Girl. Okay. Uh, I don't like that. No. So I'm like, that's I mean, not good. That in case there are confused people out there that screams abuse i'm pretty sure Unless- yeah yeah the, the 27 calling someone 27 times while they're with a friend and yeah. not answering is alarming to me mm-hmm. it's a red flag at the it's a it's a red flag um it's not a green flag no it's somewhere i would say it's like it's, maroon it's peach yeah it's a little peachy um so bren then went home because he was working the next day and phoebe basically just like refused to go home and went out and ended up at a friend's house and Tuesday morning, she went to the apartment, but Aunt had already left for work. And as soon as she got home, she made calls to the crisis line, her doctor and her psychologist. Who, yeah, who spoke to her for 30 minutes because she was like really distressed about her drinking relapse um, and her bender, as they called it. And she was really upset about her relationship. So she was like clearly not in a good place by right. any means. Um, and after this, she headed out again for another big night of drinking. Right. So on Wednesday, 10.30 a.m. is when she sent the tomato soup message. Mm. Uh, and it's and it's important to note that it was 10.30 on Wednesday because it was sent from her iPhone. And this is uh, – so the iPhone had originally belonged to Aunt, and uh, she had an iPhone and a Nokia. Okay. But Phoebe had dropped her iPhone on the street on Monday and broken it. And so now we reach this inconsistency where up until a year after her disappearance, Ant maintains that on Wednesday, he had brought Phoebe's iPhone to the shop to get repaired. In which case, how on earth was she able to send this tomato soup message from the iPhone? Aha, I see. And like, I think probably one of our first thoughts would be like, oh, iMessage. Like we know she had a laptop maybe. But I did a little research. iMessage was not invented until 2011. Oh, so, <laughs> Miss Christine. That is my theme song. <laughs> just Detective Schieffer on the case. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, because that's my first thought. Like you and I sometimes will be like on fo- the phone and texting yeah. on our computers. You know, it's just whatever. But uh, so I was like, I don't think it could have been sent from her laptop. So sure. the confusion is, well, he says he went and brought it to the shop on wednesday but she texted from it on wednesday so just odd um so years later he kind of recanted that and said oh well maybe i dropped it off on thursday but of course the shop doesn't have a record of it so okay it's just kind of like hmm just fishy sure 
Um, so all we have is a, of that whole story is a receipt that shows that Ant's dad picked the phone up a few days after Phoebe died. So we know that the phone was picked up after from the repair shop. Okay. We're just not sure when it was dropped off. Um, so on the Wednesday after Phoebe's death, uh, Natalie and Len were called in for a meeting uh, at Len's house with uh, detectives Clanchy and Wallace. Mm, uh, that sounds the- like... The like a like a Roger Rabbit nineteen forties investigation okay, I'm glad team. You said that. Yeah, I looked up the name Clanchy like three times. I was like, "Are we sure it's Clanchy?" Yeah, like it not is Clancy Clanchy. or something. Right. I was like, I must have just put an H. Nope, it's Clanchy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Clanchy and Wallace were the homicide team investigating Phoebe's death, and uh, they basically told Natalie and Len uh, that there was no additional party involved. She did this herself. Which is basically what they said from the beginning. Hmm. Uh, and so, as said before, the family was still like, I don't think that's true. Like, you're not looking into this enough. So, there were more questions apart from, like, the trash shoot incident that Lauren had already proven was extremely difficult. Sure. Um, so, there were other things. For example, Phoebe's sunglasses were found near her body. And uh, they were like, well, if she walked to the trash shoot, why was she wearing sunglasses, like, indoors sure. to... It's just a weird, another weird discrepancy. It could have been like hanging on her shirt or in her pocket or something. Yeah, I was thinking that too, or, or above um, your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, to me, I'm like, that's not a huge deal, but you know, it's it's something that they couldn't explain. Um, and the coroner had said so. There was bruising all up, like I said like earlier, her on her wrist. Yeah, and her upper arm and elbow. And the coroner had said Phoebe was trying to control her descent on the sides of the chute. Oh, okay. Um, however. For me, okay, this is what they talked about this in Crime Junkie too. Of like, if you got in that shoot, you weren't going with your arms down. No. Like your arms were above your head, right, right. And so, like, I guess you could kind of push sideways. But basically, the way that they had explained it was that she was using her hands to try and stop the fall. I see. But like, if her hands were above her, there's not really much you can do to try and stop your own Except fall. At maybe that point. cover your own head, if that. Yeah. There's yeah. really nothing else. Yeah. You're kind of just crammed in there. Um, and so I thought that was odd. Um, also, the autopsy, the medical evidence in the autopsy didn't really prove much of this at all. So it's just another theory they kind of came up with and stuck to. Also, if she were controlling her descent and trying to stop herself, she would have had more dirt on her. And the shoot, because the shoot was obviously filthy, and she wasn't found with, like, any marks or, like, dirt on her arms or anything. Uh. And so that was another weird thing of, like, you'd think she would be, like, pushing against the sides of the chute or, you know, something, if that's what the bruising was from. Yeah. Um, But there was no dirt or trash found on her, you know, skin. So another weird I feel, I would argue that would definitely be there. Like, that's not even, like, a... Uh, like oh maybe it would like that's a for i'd sure. argue that if you tried not to touch the walls you'd still be covered in like yeah, trash you go dirt. in a trash chute <laughs> and try not to get dirty let's put it that way i try to like, put trash in a trash chute and i come home like why that's so nasty yeah I smell that. exactly <laughs> so the so the handjacks are struggling with this whole situation especially because the police just keep saying oh no she did it on purpose and they're like well what the hell you know um so seemingly everybody else seemed to be doing just fine. So Phoebe's boyfriend, Aunt, only five days after her death, took to Facebook, uh, you know, your favorite word, took to Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if it's to- my favorite word. It's certainly my genetic code at this point. <laughs> uh, um, he took to Facebook to inform his friends that he had made peace. Uh, okay, hang on. Sorry, that's not quite what he said. Oh, okay. He, 
that's kind of in my opinion, but oh, he didn't okay. quite say that. Gotcha. So he informed his friends that Phoebe took her own life to ease her pain. So essentially, he's saying, like, I've made peace with the fact that she did this on purpose. She died by suicide. Like, she wanted though, this to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm, this better, was, I'm happy she's in a better place. Yeah, he's basically saying, he's basically confirming that it was a suicide by saying, like, okay. She, you know, was in a, what did he say? She took her own life to ease her pain. And meanwhile, her family's like, no, like, we don't think so. Aren't you on our side? Like, don't you think, like, something happened? So it's a little weird that he is the only one seeming to be totally on board with the idea that this is a suicide. Granted, like, this, you know, Phoebe and Allison are not the same person, it seems, in many ways. But, like, if if Allison you know ends it up i we found her body in a trash chute and like there's a a good chance that someone threw her down there for me to act like oh no this was what was meant to be i would be i would hope someone would think that that was fishy yeah it's it's just a little bit like uh okay you already shut the case so quickly like you shut the door on this so quickly that you're already on board not curious about what could have happened or not even like disputing right yeah exactly like the rest of her friends and family are all like hell no she didn't do this on purpose and yeah i mean granted maybe he knew her better and was like no i i really believe this so i mean you know who's to say but it was just something that seemed a little bit fishy um natalie and len phoebe's parents uh wanted to speak to aunt but uh they he was basically really hostile toward them and was like nope i'm too grief stricken uh so eventually natalie finally texted him and was like can we please chat alone so he's like okay sure come over and when they got there the following tuesday aunt had both his father and his mother there as well like as like backup yeah so like he wasn't alone in a room with the mom yes so during the meetup aunt's father apparently came up to len and said i'm sorry for your loss but she was a very troubled girl obviously yikes Oof. okay i mean this is not making him look good like yes at no all. it's not and natalie also remembered uh the dad saying well of course it was suicide so like yikes wow. okay um so it sounds shocking however you might learn or you might find it less shocking when you learn that Anne's father was a former supreme court lawyer um <sighs> okay he was a public figure so Uh basically yeah they had to shut the door on this and say it was obviously a suicide she was troubled yeah and please god don't ask any more questions because i could look really bad yeah yes yes just like leave it alone it wasn't we have nothing to do with this so with this in mind um it basically comes as no surprise that ant was never formally considered a suspect um he just basically said he wasn't at home and they took his word for it oh that's Um, great great investigating there guys fantastic super Uh uh-huh um and in fact the coroner actually praised aunt for having taken care of phoebe during her drinking problems and depression out of town what are you talking about so on the day of phoebe's death aunt claimed to have been in meetings all afternoon however this isn't true because swipe records of like the key card to the apartment building show that he got back to the apartment at 6 p.m. and her body wasn't discovered till 7 p.m. Uh huh. And that's so a much is, smaller gap, isn't it? That is a that's a big old window of an hour where he's suddenly saying, "Oh, I was gone all afternoon," but yeah. now there's this hour of time, and he's kind of volatile, and she's thinking of leaving, and uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yep. Yep. So Aunt claims that when he got home, Phoebe wasn't there. There was already broken glass on the floor, like I mentioned earlier, blood on the cushion and computer keyboard. He said the blood looked fresh. He also saw Phoebe's handbag on the kitchen counter and 
uh, her hair straightener was plugged in and turned on. So it basically suggests she was getting ready to leave um, because she was doing her hair. Yeah. Uh, her purse was out and still there. Uh, there's broken glass and blood. So who knows what order of events took place here, but... Um, the fact that the hair straightener was still on is like really ominous to me. I mean, it's like I, I mean, I can just imagine with my own personal opinion of what probably happened. I'm imagining that he plugged it in just to keep it on for a little too long. And then like, like if he called the police or something, I know this isn't how it happened because like she was found later. But in my mind, I think like if he were to plan this out in case someone noticed, like he put the flat iron out on the sink to make it look like she had been there and all that. Yeah, I mean, my thought is that, like, she was straightening her hair and they got into a fight and he... Oh, no, in my head, it's much more ominous where, like, he, like, pulled it out so that he could, like, set up a scene. Yeah. I have no proof of that. It's just ha- what in my head is happening because I've already kind of, like... I guess, but in my head, something. though, that makes it look fishier on him because if he's trying to say it was a suicide, why on earth would he, like, plug oh, in the hair that's... straightener? I got... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's basically saying, oh, yeah, she was really troubled, and she decided to end her own life. Uh, but then, like, you know, they found the hair straightener on. There was glass on the floor. Yeah. No, you're so right. He's, he's I'm saying, just trying like, to chalk it up in my head, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, it's very weird. And, like, maybe he did. But maybe he thought it would look better that way. I don't know. But so the hair straightener was on. And then even though he apparently found broken glass and blood in a hair straightener on, uh, he had a beer and a cigarette. Yeah, and was, was he just like, he just went to bed? He was like, oh, that's a week. What a quirky took, day. Yeah, took a nap, watched some Whose Line Is It Anyway. I don't know why that's the first <laughs> show that came into my brain. Um, anyway, so he had a beer and some and a cigarette. He made a series of calls, one to a work colleague first, then to a close friend. And then, okay, now this is where things get real weird. He ordered Thai takeout from a Thai restaurant called The Golden Triangle. Okay. Now, this is ultra weird because... Only hours later, or like within the hour, basically, he and Phoebe were supposed to be meeting Phoebe's dad, Len, for dinner at the Golden Triangle for oh. for just a date dinner out with her dad. I don't know how that makes it so fishy, but I've right? decided he's guilty. And like, like he knew he was going to this dinner. So it's like it was almost like a slap in the face of like, I know exactly what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And I, I, I want to make it almost weird enough that you even know what i did but no one else will figure it it out yeah Yeah, it's almost like toying but like it's just so odd because it doesn't really make sense so like they were supposed to be meeting and so presumably she was doing her hair to get ready to meet her dad which was the plan and um it was just really strange because suddenly he's ordering it's not like he knew at this point she was like bailing on dinner like maybe he just thought oh she's late or who knows but it was just like why on earth would you be like, okay, dinner might be off. I'm gonna order yeah, takeout. If, if she, from- if he was under the impression that she was alive and well, and we're about to go to Outback together, and then I order Outback in inside, and like people are waiting for us, like yeah, what a weird, weird. rude thing, and like so it's specifically so just to mess with you. Yeah, it's so weird. And also, like, I'm listen, it doesn't say this, but in my mind, he didn't order her an entree. So I'm like, what, is he just ordering himself food and being like, anyway, she'll find her own food? It feels like a petty thing of like, oh, like, I knew we were going there and I already had a craving. So now that I've eaten, you can go be with your dad. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I'm bailing because, yeah, it's just so weird. So it's just strange. Like, that's weird. Did he forget? Like, who knows? Maybe he just eats Thai every day. I don't think that's the case. But it's just, like, really strange. 
So that same night, uh, 6.51 p.m., remember, they're supposed to meet with Phoebe's dad. So Len calls Phoebe's phone to be like, I'm running a bit late. And, of course, it goes to voicemail. Um, But again, within a – this is really strange. Within a minute or two, Aunt calls Len. And get this. It's the first time he has ever telephoned Phoebe's dad. So, like, he's never called him before, ever. So he just happens to call him within two minutes of this call to – to phoebe's iphone but he calls from his own phone and um basically just to say phoebe's not here so i'm not sure where she is and he's like well we're supposed to meet and Anne's like i know but i don't see i don't she's not home i don't know where she is Uh-oh. like pr- probably eating fucking pad thai in the background I, right. while he's talking to him but and sitting on a couch with blood and glass on <laughs> yeah it. exactly exactly so he's like basically phoebe's not here i don't know where she is and Aunt claims that, like, the timing of this was coincidence because, remember, her phone was allegedly – he had already brought it to the repair shop. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the fact that uh, – sorry, Phoebe's dad called Phoebe's iPhone and then immediately he called her, him back. But he's okay. saying, like, oh, no, it was just – an like, I just happened to call him right when he called her phone her phone wasn't here it was at the repair shop it's just like really weird he's basically just saying like i didn't have her phone i didn't have access to it um so just another odd thing so shortly after uh he spoke to len uh aunt's takeout arrived if you recall uh yes and uh the takeout guy was actually the one who alerted him to the police presence at the building so shit the takeout guy's like, have you seen what's going on here? And he's like, no, what's happening? And the takeout guy's like, yo, there's like police everywhere and the building's taped off. Like, Maybe it, was that, was he trying to get an alibi to, or he looked like really cool, calm and collected? Oh, or he needed someone to see him in the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what restaurant is exists? Yeah. Oh, this one. The only one I can think of. He might have really been panicking like about getting caught. And he was like. I, and that's th- a very good point. You know? Like, he needs someone to spot him in the apartment. Look, if I throw enough what-ifs at you, one of them's going to stick every time. Throw spaghetti at me, and one time I'll catch it. Just and be one like, maybe. <laughs> Open your mouth. I'm going to throw the whole pot at you. See what one happens. One Alfredo. One Alfredo. <laughs> one a linguine. <laughs> one a linguine. Just throw it directly <laughs> into my mouth. <laughs> it's noodles all the way to the top. All right. Uh, it's one linguine all the way to the top. Okay. It sure is. <laughs> so the guy uh, that's a good point M. so maybe the guy's just like he's like what's going on and the guy's like it's so weird there's police everywhere and he's like wow you don't say yeah. i'm in my apartment drinking a beer yeah so you could be very well right um so while the crime scene is being investigated aunt aunt's father and mother were all sitting in the apartment while police were quote-unquote working the scene however uh the inquest actually had no idea like later they did an inquest into the case and they had no idea how the parents got into the apartment because there was no like swipe for them to get in huh so basically this just points to like anybody could have gotten in it's an apartment building you can follow somebody inside like oh yeah i mean people just like follow me in all the time yeah yeah i mean even if i don't know who they are like i'll be oh can you hold the door you know yes exactly so it doesn't eliminate the possibility that somebody came in like a stranger um a dangerous person followed her who knows sure i I don't know but basically it's just a little weird that they got in without swiping so who knows who else could have um now there was as you asked earlier cctv footage of the building okay but fun fact police didn't ask for it until two days after her death uh when Uh, it was already taped over fuck 
Okay. I know. Basically, they got there and were like, it's a suicide. Police initially were like, it's a suicide. And then... Um, would they have already... I guess they wouldn't have, but would they have connected her at all to like a, like a, a wealthy person? Like her, she was dating the son of a wealthy guy who wanted to keep things hush-hush, and so they just immediately turned a blind eye? It could, it could have... Yeah, it definitely could have been that too. Like, especially later when they did another investigation and like he was basically still untouched and they were like nope nothing to see here you know yeah it very well could have been like we don't want to mess with this like powerful family or you know it could very well have been that for sure um i don't know if they know knew it right away but uh they could have yeah and been like oh yeah she was troubled that's it Hmm. um so it gets worse because what's even more infuriating is that the garbage room where she landed they didn't check anything they didn't they didn't take the trash bags around her to see if like maybe she went with something else like maybe she was throwing away some of the broken glass from the apartment who knows uh but they didn't check anything they didn't check her surroundings um wow the trash bags nothing uh it gets worse they didn't take her phone and laptop in for testing until three months later oh my god and it took them two and a half years before they actually analyzed them what i know it's like worthless worthless what so like by 2013 they had a guess they were like, I guess we'll finally check her emails. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. That sounds like that sounds like a couple dirty cops or dirty dirty rich people doing some exchanges of goods. Something shady. Especially because as for the blood in the apartment, they never fucking checked it or tested it for DNA. They just were like in tw- I'm sorry. In twenty thirteen, they did not check blood all over the apartment of a dead person who was, was found in the trash. 10, but yes, yes. Sorry, 2010. There were small amounts of blood, but that's almost sketchier to me because I'm like, why were there small amounts of blood throughout the apartment? Also, like, why was really there blood weird. on your lap? I'm still trying to wrap my head like, who like slices their foot open or something? I was like, let me like fill out and let me Well, and that's part of the that's an part email. Of, well, that's part of the thought too is like maybe, I mean, if she... So if she was kind of in a state or on drugs, like maybe she did cut herself oh, and you're right. wasn't like, you know what I mean? Cognizant then, of the pain yeah. or something. But then again, what if they got into a fight and he cut, he got a cut and then he went yeah. on her computer to Google like how to get rid of a body in a trash chute and, and they never like, tested traces, the blood. Traces of his shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could have literally checked the laptop, which they didn't for two and a half years and it's, the blood and they didn't. The fact that people know there was blood in this apartment and the police yeah. are like, they immediately reverted back to like that John Mulaney bit of like yeah. <laughs> cops in the 30s where they're like, mm, mop it up. Weird. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> back to my hunch. Like, are yeah, you fucking yeah. kidding? You can't, you cannot tell me that that's a, uh, that there wasn't something shady happening behind they the scenes. They basically just decided it was suicide, didn't want to bother with it. And then once things kind of got rolling, they were like, well, we already decided it's a suicide it's just too much work to really bother. it's not even that hard the evidence is literally everywhere in this just pick some up and put it in a little vial or a q-tip yeah and watch a csi don't worry i know enough that like you don't need much to to literally just take it to an office and test to it. check the dna yeah so obviously lorne phoebe's grandfather is like what the and he's an ex-detective so he's like what the fuck truly so <laughs> he calls the chief of police directly to try and uh to, to, he didn't want to file a formal complaint. He calls the chief of police to be like, listen, 
I'm going to talk to you directly. Um, but instead of like an apology or like an explanation, basically the guy just says, I have total faith in my men. And uh, that's it. So he doesn't even get like an explanation or anything. Also, like your um, faith is whack, dude. Yeah, like, what are you yikes. talking about? Meanwhile, Lauren is like trying to test like trash shoots with yeah. like, test subjects. Um, so Ant continued to act strange. Uh, he basically was like really weird. He, his, sorry, Phoebe's friend said he was able to like turn his emotions on and off pretty rapidly for no good reason. Um, and yeah, uh, a major rift formed between the families. They actually had their own separate funerals and memorial services, like, which I'm like, get her name out of your mouth, man. If you're not going to come to the family service, like. Truly, Go away. truly. Um, so Ant's family hosted theirs at a yacht club. And according to friends who went, it was like really cold and sterile and like didn't feel like personal to Phoebe at all. Ugh. Um, and on the other hand, Phoebe's family did like a really beautiful Norwegian um, funeral where he they had a, a boat carved and at a lakeside, they did a farewell service, put her ashes and letters from family and friends, draped the boat in marigold and pushed it into the lake, which was like. That's just That's beautiful. Like what peaceful men do. That's just, that, I know. Also, I was gonna like not trying to sound ignorant, but in my head, like if it's like in some magical place like Iceland or Nor, like a like a Norway, like I just imagine it's like a Viking funeral with a the- Viking funeral. I, so I had the I same was thought. Gonna say, and then you said they like put, basically put her out to sea in a boat, and I was like, holy shit, it's kind of a little like, like a Viking. And then they set it on fire. No, they didn't set it on fire. <laughs> I was like, just, oh, just draped it in marigolds. Like, damn, <laughs> yeah, that's you so know. wonderful. I know it's really beautiful. <clears throat> um, so essentially, it was really tough because again, Anne's family's like big kahunas, and basically, he was friends with her. His family was friends with like all the top lawyers in town, so like they couldn't even get a fucking decent lawyer to represent them. Calcifrees, yeah, and they had to hold fundraisers to even like pay their legal bills. Uh, so they did an inquest and they found like that the, the bruises weren't accounted for in the bruising on the arms wasn't accounted for in the coroner's original report. Um, and another pathologist noted that the bruising is typically seen when someone is holding another person's arms really aggressively. So it could have been like maybe carrying them to the, to the shoot or dragging them. Trying to lift her maybe. Yes, exactly. Like put your hands around their arms. Um, and when Phoebe died, she had a therapeutic amount of Stillnox, which is like the equivalent of Ambien, basically, Holy shit. Okay. in her blood. So she had basically been taking just like a normal dose of like Ambien, which okay. to be fair, like I've known people who take Ambien and it can really it can rock your you world. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're drinking. Sure. Alongside it. Um, so she did have uh, like a small amount of Stillnox or Ambien in her blood and she had 0.16 blood alcohol. So she was at the time of her death time uh, three times the legal driving limit uh, wow. of alcohol in her system. Wow. So she was intoxicated for sure and on like the equivalent of Ambien. So under that context or in that context, you can maybe imagine like, you know, people sleepwalk, people do weird things like yeah. maybe she was just, you know, quote unquote, not in the right mind and like. I mean, I, this. I get it. Like, I yeah. truly, maybe, truly, maybe, but truly like, maybe I that's like to me, like a like an 80 20 situation. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't think that's the answer personally. But yeah. One thing seems to make more sense to me. Yeah, I agree. And even the doctors at the inquest were skeptical um, because they were basically saying like, uh, it seems like 
you'd be less likely to complete a very difficult task, like a physical labor of getting yourself in a trash chute, if you were on sleeping pills. Sure. And drunk. You know, it seems like you wouldn't. I can't, I can't do that at my best energy no. level. Like, <laughs> let alone here, knock yourself the fuck out and try to exactly. lift yourself. Okay, no. Yeah. So, I mean, again, people do weird things on Ambien, but like this is just next level and so they were like it was really fishy um also phoebe was claustrophobic so they're like i don't think in like her subconscious she would get inside a trash chute that seems like not like her at all right so when phoebe was found this is another weird fact that like just somehow got ignored during the initial investigation quote-unquote investigation so when phoebe was found her jeans were halfway down her thighs (sighs) and there was no uh uh sign of sexual assault so it's just like why like there's it's just really strange because if she had gone head first then you can understand why maybe her pants had slid up sure but she went down feet first so like how did her pants get down her legs it's just an odd um seemingly her pants were down her legs before she got in the trash chute in in my mind which again like i'm making up an entire situation that it doesn't even matter if it's relevant to the story i've just already decided (laughs) this is how my brain works um i feel like maybe someone thought that if they took the clothes off then like it then she might look like she was a little more crazed or something and it would almost like fit a profile of like her definitely it being medically induced in some way or like maybe they thought that she would slide down faster without pants on i don't know i have no idea but yeah but they were like halfway on it was just weird because it was like and then hmm. gave up and then was like, okay, this is too much. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I also wonder, like, okay, so, but the other thing that I find interesting is if your pants are halfway down your legs, you're not lifting your legs six feet in the air. That's an excellent You know what I mean? Point. That's an Like, because if your pants point. are not even on all the way, like, it's hard enough to climb six, into a When my pants are half space. off, I can't even, like, walk across the room. So. No, I fall directly onto my face. Yeah, so there exactly. you have it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's just weird. And again, there was no evidence of sexual assault. Um, no one could really answer this question. Um, maybe somebody said, like, maybe once she had fallen, she tried to take them off. Remember, she was still alive oh, right. when she fell. Like, maybe she, she maybe tried was to... trying to, like, tie off her foot or yes, something? Yes, exactly. That was one of the thoughts. Like, maybe she's trying to rip them to stop the bleeding. Um, so, again, really strange. So the inquest spanned three weeks. Um, Ant only attended twice, once to give evidence and once as a spectator. And after all of that, the coroner still found, even though the doctors and all that uh, testified, he found that it was an accidental death. So he didn't change his mind. Wow. Um, and basically, Phoebe's family was like, listen, this coroner made up his mind from day one. He wasn't going to change it. Uh, so it's just really sad um and so since phoebe's inquest and the launch of this podcast phoebe's fall that i mentioned um the victorian government has pledged to reform the coroner's act um so that's at least you know one good thing out of this obviously phoebe's grandfather has said like that is not enough you know sure um understandably um and aunt has moved on i mean either way whether he did it or not which like again to be clear he's never been formally suspected but um he moved on so you know either way good for him however so he got remarried uh then he got divorced then he started dating again but then the most shocking thing not the most shocking but a pretty shocking thing happened in june of 2018 aunt's girlfriend 25 year old bailey schneider was found dead in her home okay and it was ruled a suicide shut the fuck up okay that's well that's the 
Isn't the smoking gun right there. Fucking fishy. So basically, uh, this is like from Crime Junkie, but she lived at home with her parents, and on Friday she'd gone to a party. Um, also, she and- was twenty five. She was also the same age, and there was still yes. that age gap. So it almost yes. feels like he's uh, like like got almost exact a type. age. It's like he's got an yeah. mo. Yeah, so she got home around 8.30 or 9, like, in the morning. Her parents saw her. They passed ways. And then later on, when they got home, they found her slumped on the kitchen floor, dead, with a cord around her neck. Now, this is the wildest thing. Police ruled her death a suicide by hanging. However, there was not one item in that kitchen where she could have hanged herself from. I was going to say, I have a guaranteed hunch that there was something tied around her neck and nowhere it could have nowhere also could have connected to. Hanged her. Yes, exactly. So it's like, it, they, it's just like an extra fuck you because, like, if you're going to cover up a murder, like, at least pretend to put some elbow grease in it like yeah you're not even trying like when you're just <laughs> like, like i'll put this here for like the aesthetic and like i it doesn't matter because i'm gonna get away with it anyway like that's yeah, just like, like the eh. most narcissistic part of it all it's awful so yeah basically there was nothing in the room to hang herself from they didn't take any evidence uh they just decided it was a suicide they didn't take her phone um and it took the family months of fighting before the police even took the phone as evidence so uh again like i'm not saying it's aunt it doesn't have to be him but like maybe Maybe it's someone affiliated with the family. Maybe it's somebody else, an outsider, a friend. Who knows? But, like, it's just really weird that this happened, especially twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, like, quote-unquote suicides that are questionable at best. Well, now it also makes sense things earlier I didn't totally understand them of, like, oh, why she's dying her hair black and shit. Because, like, for someone who's, you know, probably who was thinking of fleeing, she probably got in a dispute of some physical version with him at some point and i guarantee he threatened like do you know who my family is like you don't get to leave me like, yeah i'm i can imagine that conversation having happened so she probably felt stuck and was like trying to just force herself to fit into the family because she probably felt like she couldn't leave anymore yeah it's and with the the emails to her mom saying like i'm i might need to leave the country yeah and, but makes then so you know sense. you but then you mix that with like the therapist was saying you know she was in a really terrible mental state she was drinking on benders heavily she was taking recreational drugs and ambien and had already a history of you know mental illness it's like i wonder that- what i wonder what the um i mean i you know I hate to pry to into a, a new person or a new victim but like um, I would be interested to see what the mental history of his other girlfriend that died was, because it would be interesting to see if his M.O. are people who conveniently would have done this or, or like mm. had more probable cause to seem off or unstable. So if something were yeah. to happen, the finger could be quickly pointed somewhere else. I wonder like yeah. if that's like, OK, they're much younger than me. And also, I mean, I don't I want to make it clear. I don't give a shit like about like age differences and all that. But it's just interesting, coincidentally, that both people happen to be like 15 years his junior and mm-hmm. they both died by very suspicious suicides. So I wonder yeah. if there's also yeah. a, a mental history thing he tends to go for. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but the fact that like basically the the second quote unquote suicide like couldn't have been a suicide is like the wildest part to me because i'm like with the first one yes people you know with elisa lamb and stuff like you want to believe some fantastical story but mental illness is a fucking killer sometimes and like if she was really suffering or you know if she had an undiagnosed you know bipolar or things like that that can lead you to do manic things especially when you're on substances like i'm not saying he did it because it's like i understand the nuance of 
having being on drugs having a dependency problem like mental illness but then to have the second person quote unquote hang herself from nothing is like wait 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 that part i can't it just i mean push aside but then it's like yes i understand like bent i'd like to think that we both are yeah. active uh allies for those with that you know in the mental illness community or mental health community not mental illness community yikes but like um like obviously like mental health could have been a factor or could have been the whole story for all we know but this second one yes. happening just completely like i don't the mental health part doesn't even matter to me for either situation really fishy yeah i don't even care like it's i i personally think like absolutely not did it have anything to do with her own personal health yeah and like again who knows if like (laughs) i mean listen i watch all these shows how to get away with murder the uh, scandal and all that like maybe shonda rhyme style like there's another person in the family who's a killer and anybody he dates like they tar who knows like i'm not saying it's him but i'm saying something fishy is happening here and uh it's but again also if he did kill her like why there's not really a clear reason um like i guess maybe in a fit of anger like they got into a fight and he pushed her down the chute and yeah i mean that would make sense i guess um but there's other than that like i guess not really that much evidence i mean the family even liked him it's not like they were like he was such a terrible jerk i I pers i mean again there's no like real clean cut evidence of this but i kind of i really have a weird feeling that it's like some sort of serial killer thing where he has an mo and he goes after people who already have this kind of storyline or like dark past and like they're kind of reckless so if they were to leave out of nowhere no one would really be surprised and Uh, i again it has nothing to do with the story you've just told i just and also i'd like to be clear like this guy was not ever formally um considered a suspect and like we are not saying he is because podcasts have been sued for less uh but no so i'm certainly not saying that but yeah no i under it's very i find it also very fishy i will say i find it also extremely fishy um and just the whole thing together plus the second girlfriend is like what are you doing what's going on um either that or you're like the most unlucky man alive somehow you know it's like i don't Um, know why i have such intense feelings about it this is just such a juicy like juicy in a bad way story I know. Huh, anyway, so, I'm sorry if I'm coming off intense. I just like no, no. It's, it's I just it's um, too. I understand. Also, like we do not want to get sued, and I'm no, not. Saying, I'm just trying to. I'm not saying a, anyone's a serial killer. I'm just saying like if I were to put all the pieces together in my head, if this were a Law and Order episode, I would yeah. assume if I were guessing the end of this, it would end with it not being the victim's fault here, uh, or you know them being responsible for it in any way. I think it's just too perfectly convenient and okay but if i were writing the story it would be you think it's the boyfriend and then it's like the mom or something and she okay, like has well, a vendetta against his girlfriend that's, you know just, I mean? that's just hollywood baby that's the- like he has a type but somebody else is after them no okay yeah. anyway who knows this is uh clearly a mystery for a reason so uh these are like the last bullets years after her death christina hample um his uh his sister and sister Uh, posted a Facebook photo of Phoebe. She wrote, I just stumbled across my favorite pic of beautiful Phoebe. I miss you, darling. You are a fragile little flower that no one watered. You and your family were let down by the justice system and those who represent it. I can only hope that the truth will come out so they may have some peace. And it was only up for 12 hours and was then deleted. So it's like a little weird that either she deleted it or someone told her to delete it. 
um, but also just a little strange that she deleted it pretty quickly. Um, so it's also hard to be even sure what happened because like the evidence was never collected. So like, we don't even know half the story basically. Um, but if you listen to Phoebe's fall, the podcast, it's a six episode series and it has a lot of detail. They interview Phoebe's family members and friends. So you can hear it firsthand. Um, but anyway, that is the story of Phoebe Hansrick. I'm sorry. That was long and we had technical issues. No, it's, it's not you. I was just like screaming random information at you. I just, it's, it's so weird. It's, it's too so weird. weird. It's too weird because like, it really could be a mental health thing. Sure. It really could be um, a, you know, a family that happens to know enough dirty cops in some way. I mean, it mm-hmm. just just be like, why was nobody picking up the blood and looking at evidence? I don't. Uh, it's infuriating. That alone makes me think like, OK, so this is not as innocent of a case as it seems uh, in my head, allegedly. But if you think about it, so many of these cases go that way where it's like, guess what? Nobody got the CCTV footage. Guess what? Yeah. They just assumed. You're right. it, like, the, I feel like there's You're so right. many mis- mishandlings and this one's just like such a, you know crazy example because it's a trash shoot but i feel like a lot of times like they're just like meh it's a suicide this one's also i think just more shocking because it's like it's not like you had to go digging for evidence it was literally in front of your very eyes it was like like it wasn't like it's so blatant what is this about we have to go open an investigation and really go digging for stuff it's like there is blood everywhere like there's blood have to try broken glass there is literally trash bags already in trash bag like there's trash evidence in trash bags for you to just pick up and like nobody even like open I, them i or think that's at why them. it's more shocking because like yeah okay so, so there, there's no cctv footage wow shocker that's happened a yeah. million times like yeah it just it's so it's so and gross the fact that the the murder was so wild like a tra- or the, the death i should say was yeah. so wild like that alone too it's like wait so you saw this person falling down a trash chute and you were like okay we don't need any more information it's like if somebody or a hanging where it wasn't wasn't attached to anything like i would literally be like how okay so clearly this body is on the floor where did they fall from oh nothing just wild i'm like how also like how many people have died in real life by having like a rope tied around their neck and they're being strangled like there's like or listen i'm listening to an audiobook where that exact thing happened and you know what there could have literally been like strangulation marks all over that body from another person and they would have been like well we don't have enough evidence like at that we didn't take any evidence at this point i have like if they weren't willing to do that for the first girlfriend like i have no faith in how they handled the second one so like no it's just really icky and gross and terrible and i have no idea what happened and i really 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 hope that it wasn't a a mental health thing because that just makes it extra sad but um I mean, I want to believe, like, I, I hope it's not a guy. I hope it's not someone murdering murder people either. His partner, I just, but I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. God, it's just so sad. I mean, I'd like to talk to his ex-wife and be like, what do you think? Not like, you know, but just be like, what do you think? Like, what do you, what is his personality behind closed doors? Yeah. Like, the one he di- married in between the two deaths. I want to know, like, what she thinks. Yeah, I just, I want to, I really hope it was all accidental, but like, I... I don't know. I mean, there's there's only so much to, like... I feel like twice is becoming a pattern, like, especially yeah. with death, like, Also, like, it, like, if it were substance abuse for her, or if she was, you know, like, not properly medicated for something else, like, really going on, yeah. um, then, like, why wasn't that, like, a, was was that in the, the talks report? And they, like, said, like, how much shit was in her, other than, like, one Ambien? Like... Yeah, it was... I guess Ambien's it, crazy, but, you know, it's... 
she was pretty drunk. So that part, I guess, you know, mixed with ambient. And you don't know how a body's going to react, like how each individual will react to that. <sighs> you're, but, just, you're just watching me so frustrated because I don't have an answer. I'm just like, I know, getting that's really kinda, heated because I'm like, maybe it's this one, but maybe it's not this one. I'm very, angry. these are the most fascinating to talk about, but also like the most frustrating because you're like, well, fuck. Like, <laughs> Anyway, at the end, you don't have an answer. So hopefully someday they do get an answer because I can't imagine being the family like I can't imagine. Oh, um, I'm that would be like. as a stranger who just heard about it. I'm pissed. I can't imagine. Exactly. Being. Exactly. So to reiterate, we don't we're not uh, claiming any one of no. them is what happened. I have my uh, my personal suspicions, uh, my personal hunch. Um, but Jesus, like, I'm it's just mad. Yeah, I definitely have grievances above all else of like, oh, there could amen. have been so much more information. And like, yeah, there probably it probably wouldn't be a mystery if exactly a certain group of people just did their fucking job. Just but, like got the footage of the hallway to see if she was alone walking to the garbage. Bada chute. bing, yep. bada boom. Wow. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really hope I didn't bother anybody because I started screaming about mental health and I'm hoping I said nothing wildly. Offensive, no, no, no. I mean, I think everyone knows, should know where we stand on that topic. Um, anyway, but. I just got, this is like one of the first ones that you've done where I got like really heated. Like I am so upset. I don't <laughs> I have love an answer, it. but great. Well, uh, that being said, I'm going to go scream into a pillow now. Um, Yay! thank you guys. For- I'm going to go knock my feet on the floor. Oh, <laughs> wow. I thought I couldn't feel worse. <laughs> And now you've combined both issues I've seen you're today. You're going to have weird dreams tonight. Yikes. I'm going to start hearing knocking on doors and think you're like walking on walls. Um, My feet are coming. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much. If you want to uh, uh, follow us, we have, and that's why we drink.com. Our socials are ATWD podcast. Um, go our, buy our comic book. Go buy our comic book. We have some, 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 some merch left, but yes, we not have much. koozies and a comic book. Go buy it. ATWDmerch.com. <laughs> and that's why we drink. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.